Oh, every right. time you shave your beard, it's like, is your dad going to come pick you up after this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're telling me. <laughs> you're listening to episode 244 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. From a gala to a funeral. Oh no, what happened, bud? My beard's gone. Oh no. Damn. <laughs> what happened? Uh, I woke up and there was a hole in it. A, a hole in your beard? It was a whole hole. What happened? Did you just find it that way? I just got out of the shower and it was there. I didn't know what to do. Just take a bite of your face? Like, what happened? I don't know. What so I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is, Kale's beard was in an accident. He had to take it out back and shoot it. And <laughs> oh no, that's hard. You know, like no, no owner of a beard wants to have to do that. Terrible, man. I don't think I've gone without facial hair for I don't know seven years, something like that. I just can't imagine. I Every can't time imagine I'm, me without facial hair. I don't. Yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever seen you without it. You definitely haven't, right? Yeah. Because like I've shaved mine a couple times for like Halloween costumes, and like it every time I regret it. Every single time. <laughs> I do it regularly. I, I finally got oh, the shape and everything I wanted. I mean, like, I, lo- I don't know, right? Marco's like, oh, yeah, no, uh, me and yeah. my facial hair. One day when Marco is able to grow a beard, he'll know what yeah. it's like to lose one. Well, when I grow up one that, day. He gets that, <laughs> when you go through puberty, buddy, you'll get that, there. <laughs> he gets that ratchet-ass wannabe Tony Stark thing. and He's got, he's got the, like, pencil mustache right now. Yeah. Like, he's like, like, he's like a French matador. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it and it works perfectly fine too, right? So yeah, that's a thing. It's good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We have an absolute jam-packed episode planned for you guys. Uh, lots to talk about today. We're going to be talking about. First of all, we're going to be reading a lot of your comments, which I'm really excited about. Um, we're going to do that in just a moment. But we're also going to be talking about two big trailers. Uh, Suicide Squad got its first major trailer, so I'm excited about that. Uh, Shang-Chi also got its second trailer, um, which was actually a lot more interesting for me than the first one. So Good. I'm excited that. to talk to you about it. Yep. Um, big Spider-Man news to get into. Uh, and then Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman have announced their next project, and it is not at Marvel. Uh, so lots of stuff in the news. And then our main topic today, we're going to be getting into the Warren Ellis of it all. Uh, if you've been on oh boy. comics, internet, anywhere, pretty much any website, uh, Warren Ellis's name has been in the lights again after a year's absence. Uh, and uh, people have takes. So we have ours. If you want to follow and support the show, of course, you can do so by uh, listening to our podcast every single week. Of course, this podcast drops every Monday. Uh, If you want us on social media, of course, we are the Comics Pals. Get us wherever you get your social. Uh, If you want to write to us, you can do so by writing to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. While you're thinking about us, 
Leave us a follow, a rating, a review, wherever you listen to your podcast. If that happens to be YouTube, make sure that you guys are hitting the subscribe button, liking the video, share it with your friends, and dropping comments in the comment section below. All of those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. We've got book clubs on deck. Uh, uh, we have tons. I don't even know the number anymore, but we've got a lot. And then actually <laughs> uh, this Tuesday, our Multiversity Book Club is dropping. That, of course, by Grant Morrison and a whole host of tremendous artists. Grant, of course, one of the most blessed creators in the industry, always working with the best artists. And uh, we had a great time speaking about that book. So uh, check that out. And, of course, you can take the Comics Pals Challenge, where if you look at our book club list and you do not find a book that you like, write into the show. Let us know that you didn't find a book that you liked on the list. Tell us what book you would like us to do, and we will do a book club based on that. Uh, that's a guarantee. And, of course, make sure that you guys are checking out our Loki review every Wednesday, our comic book reviews every Wednesday for Image and Sunday for the other stuff. And uh, join our Discord server. Our Discord server is awesome, and a lot of awesome people are in it. So if you're awesome, you should be in it too. Speaking of comments, we got a boatload. Uh, so, Pete, why don't you start us off on the comments we got on last week's show? Sure. <clears throat> so this first one comes from Pete Fultz, who wrote in and said, what a fantastic gala you have here. Absolutely legendary. Thank I appreciate you. that. Thank you. Thank you. I tried really yes. hard in my costume. Me too. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Hey, I, I gave you the win. Yeah, that's well, yeah, true. I earned it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it. Um, I think I want to cut out uh, everybody's outfits and make them into emotes on the Discord. At least Kale's. Yeah. Oh, oh that'd yeah. be awesome. I feel like that would yeah. be epic. <laughs> that'd be really good. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot, man. All right, so this next one comes from Trent Stewart, who wrote in and said, Happy birthday. Always enjoy the show. Someone on the show made the statement, look at the new Swamp Thing, a 10-issue run at $50 for one story. What 13-year-old can afford that? Is it worth $50 for one story? People who look at pirated materials are not customers. Hmm. So this I, is this is someone on a show, not someone on the show. And I think I got tripped up on this comment because I kept, wondering who said this on our show i don't think it was ours no i don't think it was okay um i don't remember us referencing swamp thing as a part of that conversation but yeah. um first of all thank you for the birthday wish really appreciate you uh second of all um yeah i mean you're you're absolutely correct on that on or they're absolutely correct on that um it's that's a lot of money when you really think about it to get the full story of uh, new Swamp Thing season one, you have to drop 50 bucks. Um, and that's a lot. Like, that's a lot for a kid. That's a lot for a lot of people. Uh, and you compare that to, you know, I don't know, having Netflix. You don't just get the one story. You get a ton of different stories for more than $50 in a year. But you have access to all these different things. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty tough. And if you bought the same Swamp Thing story when it was collected, it would not cost $50, or at least I don't think it will. Probably be about $30 cheaper. Yeah. But it wouldn't count to keeping it alive. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, okay. And that's the, that's the unfortunate thing, yeah. right? Is that... You don't think that would count towards the season two? No. Really? Like, it would factor, 
Yeah. But I think if the floppies didn't perform, uh, the book would probably just get canceled mm-hmm. before, like it would be canceled before the decision about, like before the final issue even dropped, if the numbers were not good, the series just would definitely not get a season two. Okay. I think, I think the only, especially at DC. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that that that's generally the case. I think the only ca- way where that would not be the case would be if it was the kind of book um like we we've seen that happen a few times and maybe not at DC, but where like a book doesn't necessarily do great month to month but then really kills it in the in the uh floppies and the collected editions and then that helps it find, you know, uh second life kind of in a different format. But I don't know that that would necessarily happen at a DC, right? I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. unless it was book, crazy successful. If, if the book overperformed in in that format, then it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they just do season two as a book and, mm-hmm. you know, and let it let it do what it was going to do in that market, you know, and not yeah. not bother sending it out to die on the vine. But um, you're pretty, you know, th- that I think that's a possibility. But the examples of that happening are few and far between. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Well, I, yeah. I guess the idea of if, it, if it's worth it, it, it's up to you as a consumer, right? Like if you have expendable income and you love comics, then I would say, yes, it is worth it. But, you know, it's also a matter of, to Sean's point, like not everybody has that money. Not everybody has 50 bucks to to spend. Um, and if they do have it, they might want to spend it on something that's going to give them, you know, um, more bang for their buck, not necessarily just in quality, but in, in quantity. I And, and that... that- last line you left us with people who look at pirated materials are not customers i think that um that's that's a good point uh mm-hmm. and it's something that i was trying to get out there um not even to um you know shit on people who are arguing against piracy it's just that that's the reality of it it's not even really debatable i i, I just don't i feel like people who pirate we had the conversation it's fine Thank you for your comment. Yeah. Thanks for writing in. Appreciate it, Trent. And glad you enjoy the show. Yes. Uh, this next one comes from Garrett Harshman, who said, if you got the chance to co-write an issue of an ongoing book with a writer that you have interviewed on the podcast, what would you choose? P.S. We all already know Marco's answer. All and I have right. to say, Garrett, before I even let Marco chime in, thank you for writing in with this random question of the week. Nice. Okay. All right. So, right. <laughs> Co-writing issue. You know what? I get it. Marco's a Swamp Thing guy. He's going to give the Swamp Thing answer. I get it. But you know what? I've been known to surprise. In this instance, it's not very surprising. I'm going to co-write with Ron B and write Swamp Thing. <laughs> but I've been known to surprise. And I sure. want that to be known. Okay. Fair enough. Anybody hot out the gate with an answer like Marco? And as Pete was reading the question... I had an answer, but it's not someone we uh, interviewed. Oh. Interviewed. Well, it's so got to be. Count. Well, there goes my second answer too. Fuck. So here's my thing. <laughs> I, I I thought of a couple, but now I'm looking because I'm thinking of people that we interviewed at conventions, but not on the show, and that doesn't mm. count. So I've got to find an ongoing. Who from have somebody we spoken be- to? Al Ewing. That's gotta be good. He wasn't on the show. Yay. Uh, oh, yep. That was a no, side interview. Yet. We've had uh, two different interviews, side interviews, but not on the show. Yeah. So you got one, Sean? would be cool to uh, to co-write with. That'd be cool. What would the uh, what would the character be? Well, we know it ain't gonna be a Marvel or DC. 
maybe maybe he would bless me and let me uh uh do something on his B crimes book. Sure. Um I don't think that's <laughs> gonna happen. Though. No, I don't either. <laughs> um yeah, so I mean of the writers that we've that we've interviewed, uh the one whose style and and um thematic content generally speaks to me the most is Brian Edward Hill. Yeah. And uh, I think we could do some really cool stuff. I mean, we he could carry me through <laughs> some really cool stuff. Um he would be on, cool to learn from too. Oh yeah. I was gonna give my answer, you shit. Don't interrupt me. Oh, all right. Thanks. Um <laughs> I think we could do some really cool stuff on Black Panther, which is uh kind of a lame answer, but uh because we're both black. But um I think we could do something cool on on Black Panther. Um and also really, really would love to work on Batman with Brian Edward Hill. So So we don't have to pick an ongoing that's ongoing right now we're picking an ongoing to work on with them well they're both ongoing books oh okay he's already working on those two books no 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 they they have to be working on it this is an impossible to answer question that's what i thought that's why i was having trouble narrowing it down it's just of an ongoing book with a writer we've interviewed okay okay that's a little bit easier i wish spirit was ongoing because i would have said edward hill with uh on, on a spirit book just knowing his stuff on postal like Crime, mm. noirish, and stuff. Yeah, you get but. it. Hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they're. Go ahead, Pete. I have such a hard time like thinking about characters that I feel like I could really write well. You know, like I had inklings of doing that when I was younger, but I kind of very quickly was like, you know what? I'm gonna leave that to the professionals. That's why I'm an editor. <laughs> Pete, Rom V, Spider Man. Easy. I mean, I would love that. I would, yeah. That's how, actually, you know what? And Rom said that uh, wherever in England, uh, buy him a drink and he'll, you know, release all his greatest stories. I feel like we go to a bar, we start batting some ideas around. He does the heavy lifting, you know, <laughs> like you said, just carry me to, you know, carry me to a, a co a co written by credit. I'm happy with that. <laughs> that's, how I'm getting, that's how I'm getting that credit, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it with pints. Have a okay. I have a deep cut. Okay. Ryan O'Sullivan. Oh. On Justice League Dark. Oh. All right. Okay. Okay. That's that's great. Oh, you know what? If if we're talking about this too, uh, I'll I'll bring in Plaid Klaus can come draw the Spider-Man book with me and Ron V. There we go. Sure. That's hot fire. I feel like that comes together like. That's it. That's not fair. We've only had one artist on the show. That's not no, true. Two, no. Okay, two artists. What about um, uh, Rowan Ted? Yep. Okay, I'll take them. Ooh, that'd be good. That would be good. You know what? No, I'm taking them. They're on my book, too. <laughs> what are you working on the thrice monthly Spider Man book? Yeah. How many <laughs> Me and Rom are right. trading issues. <laughs> I'm going to take Brian Edward Hill, Rom V, uh, Ryan O'Sullivan, and myself for a thrice monthly Batman book. Yo, like, all right. this is insane. That sounds great. Get Plaid on that too. <laughs> With Plaid and um and uh, Mike um, Perkins. Mike Perkins. Oh, yes. that'd be really good. That actually, that would be really good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like a Plaid on a Batman book would actually be really cool. 
I feel like him on anything would be really on cool. anything. Plaid's um, <laughs> Let's let's uh, let's keep it pushing. Thank you, Garrett Harshman, for writing in, and uh, let's get to this next comment. All right, I gotta. All right, I got. I gotta pull it back up. I was like doing some heavy research here. Okay, so this one comes from uh, our, the comments over on our review of uh, Loki episode three. And this one comes from definitely not Sean Soapbox, who said we should treat Sean like every day is his birthday. Hashtag Phil ain't got no eyes? Question <laughs> mark. So first of all, definitely not Sean Soapbox. You are wonderful. I must say. <laughs> And I really appreciate your words, uh, and I agree with them. I think every, at least every Saturday, I should be treated that way. And you know, <laughs> as Kel opens a, what is that, a beer? It's a white claw. It's a white claw. Claws ain't, up, baby. Ain't no claws when you're drinking claws. Grip it and rip it, baby. <laughs> wow. Um, so I want to, I want to, I want to tell you something about this show that has changed. And I think it's due to you. I think I'm getting better treatment around these parts. So every single week you guys write into the show and you leave your awesome comments. And every single week I, I compile them uh, in you know the order that I'm comfortable with for the narrative and all that stuff. But the difference this week is that normally I would get just a screenshot of the comments right and this week i got and marco will put them up or pete you know pete will put them up they'll screenshot the comments leave them in a in a in a, in a thread and i have to like retype what was typed to uh to get them in here uh this week the guys did the typing themselves or they copy pasted from youtube which i noticed which i appreciate it's very nice of you to have started to do that after mm, five years of getting comments, but um, <laughs> make sure that you put the name of the commenter in the freaking comment so I don't have to go find their name. Thanks. It's in the screenshot. <laughs> make sure you put the name of the commenter in the comments so that I don't have to go find the name of them. Thanks. You don't have don't to do find it. it. It's don't in the screenshot. I shouldn't have to type it out. I shouldn't have to type it. So if it's in the screenshot. If it's in the screenshot, then Pete should just read from the screenshot, right? So let's make Pete's life harder. You can't. You can't I'm type Garrett I, Harshman. I am the unsung hero of the comics oh, house, and it's people <laughs> like definitely not claws up boys, Sean Soapbox, <laughs> that understand that. And you know what? I think that you guys should be embarrassed that you don't know. Who definitely not Sean Soapbox? Oh, here we go. I'm getting put on blast. This is why I'm not interested anymore. He thinks he's got some great big secret that's going to change the the face of the pals forever. Frankly, I hope it does. Okay. I hope it does. Okay. Pete, did you say you're getting put on blast? I feel like we're all getting put on blast, but I feel like, you know, I I feel like Kale and Marco deserve it. I'm just trying to sit here and read the comments, you know? I'm I'm just trying to do my job. I said, I said, it would be unfortunate if you had to read the comments That's from true. the screenshot. I didn't say anything bad about you. However, I am not the people who write into this podcast. And so a little bit down the road, you are going to be. Oh, I'm, get, I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting some, some, some yes. lashes on this one. That's fine. I deserve uh, thanks, it. Thanks, Garrett, and definitely not Sean Soapbox for writing in. Appreciate you. 
All right. This uh, next one is also on Loki, and this comes from Harris, who wrote in and said, I did try to get Sean to watch. This is true. Sean, I legit could curate. This is talking about Doctor Who. Uh, I legit could curate episodes for you to watch to keep any lulls. I do agree with Kale. Doctor Who has supremely superior acting, except for the wit taker run, uh, except for three episodes there. Whitaker. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This is the part of the show where I pronounce someone's name wrong. Uh, However, Loki looks a lot better overall. Some Doctor Who arcs are some Doctor Who arcs completely blow. This shows out of. I'm sorry. I'm reading this horribly. Completely blows this show out of the water. Thanks, Harris. So good. Yes. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. It, it was Harris who did get me to watch Doctor Who. Uh, it was like, we literally just watched like the first three episodes or something, and they sucked. Like I don't know how else <laughs> to put it. They were just bad. Um, it was like these mannequins were moving around. Oh that, yeah, I mean, that was just brutal. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's old Doctor Who. Like, that's no, even even yeah. even as recent as that is. Like, that's the first episode of The Revival, which was like 2005, 7, something. But that, like, with the BBC, the BBC's budget, like, they didn't know that it was going to hit. So they filmed it like a uh, Tom Baker season four from 1981. I definitely got the impression that that wasn't the best the series had to offer, especially because we watched, we watched like a, I don't know. There was some special that they did. It was like a mini movie and that was, that was better. Um, But my opinion about Dr. Who has always been colored by those shit episodes that I've watched. So (laughs) not the best choices, Harris. Um, But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with the point that, you're making, which I did think Kale, hopefully you'll just admit it now. Kale was making the argument that Doctor Who looks better than Loki, and I just can't believe that. Like, the show could I, be tremendous. I'm not saying it's not good, but it can't look better than Loki. The, my, my overall point was the green screen in that episode looked terrible. With right. Doctor Who being the primary example of something that does it and does it better? Okay. And I, I, I'll stand by that because man, that was bad. Okay. Uh, so Harris actually wrote in on the Discord as well uh, with a comment on Loki, with an actual comment about Loki, uh, and he said, "One thousand percent agree with at Sean Soapbox with his leading into a Secret Wars type of deal or just a lead in for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness." I feel fairly sure that at the end of this is the full introduction of to the multiverse. A big question here. Who do you think Owen Wilson's Mobius was before the TVA? Makes me incredibly interested that all the people in the TVA are variants, and if most of them are awakened to who they were, how many how many take on some really unexpected roles? So first of all, I apologize because I forgot that that was a spoiler-filled com- um, comment, so I'm sorry if I just spoiled any element of Loki for you. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know who he was. I, I don't have any type of theory as far as who he was. Um, and I'm not sure that I'm not I'm not to say that it's not the case. I'm not sure that that's the point of them being variants. I think it might just it might just be more about the fact that they have they're you know, that they're being lied to, essentially. Yeah, I, I think I think that you're probably right. <clears throat> but I do wonder because 
you know, I remember I think it was on the episode two review that I hosted. Um, we talked about how he is particularly interested in the 90s. Like he, yeah. he is into jet the skis. Jet ski. He drinks this 90s soda. He mentions like specifically that the jet ski was like this perfect pinnacle moment in the 90s, whatever. Like I- I'm wondering if um, that isn't some sort of clue to who he was in his former life. Um, but I don't know that that necessarily means that it's a character that we know. That's and that's all I'm saying. I don't think it's a character that's going to be relevant to. It's not. He's not going to be like, oh, in my former life, I was Moon Knight. You know, I was like, Captain America. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool if one of the variants was a character like that, though. Maybe not Mobius, but just as like kind of a an Easter egg, whatever. Like that would be a neat thing. I don't think that's impossible, um, but I don't. I I don't have any speculation. The front that. desk secretary guy, for sure. Definitely. Um, he, he hangs out with Ant-Man. Yeah. Let's let's get into the comments about Spawn's universe number one. Uh, this was this was rough. I got to tell you. I got to tell like, you. Y'all, y'all did a bad job. Yeah. Uh, mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'll read them. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll start. I'll start by saying this. I won't defend myself, but I did my best. <laughs> so, and, and, and if you want pete i can read these comments do you want that if you want to sure i don't mind just make sure, <laughs> make sure when you do it you know that you're uh, appropriately you, aggressive you, about you, it you take the uh you take the hit <laughs> oh well all right well I, I, okay i'll read you want me so, to, i'll do some stage acting okay zoloft <laughs> warrior he well he said uh, I'm here to inform people this comic was ass awful. Like, <laughs> awful. I thought that uh, was pretty funny. That is funny. I don't agree. Uh, nope. JW said, but thank you for writing in. JW said, you guys talked about how it was like a 90s comic. Remember back then when you read a comic and you didn't know the character? You had to wait for the comic to clarify it later. It has to build the story. This book was written in such a way that if you already know Spawn, you get the little callbacks. If you haven't read Spawn at all, ever, then you'll get to experience it as a new story. Just don't do the legwork and let the comic explain itself. You know, back Um, in the 90s before they invented story? Okay, so that's not what he means. I know. Okay. It's just funny. I've been sitting uh, on that all week. I had to get it on the show. And, and, and yeah, like this is your second time saying that. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with him. I, I I I liked the issue. I thought it was really cool and fun. And I really, really wish I had been on the review to defend it. Um, because I think it probably is more my style than certainly Marco, Pete, or Phil. Um, and we talked about it off the air. And I was I was into it. I thought it was enjoyable. Um, but I definitely can see why someone wouldn't be. Uh, I don't know about ass awful Zoloft warrior. <laughs> like that's a really intense. Like I think that's fucking harsh. Yeah, um, that's pretty harsh, man. Um, so then Todd Ashworth said, "Been reading Spawn from the start. His origin is no longer relevant to his story anymore." This is in reference to Pete suggesting that his origin didn't come up. And why didn't why didn't it come up if the if the issue was supposed to be new reader friendly? Just like some kind of primer, you know, to give us like a a, a catch up to like here's who Spawn is, here's what he's about. 
right. And then Pete went on to explain what Spawn was. I sure tried. He sure tried. I sure tried. That prompted the following comments. Gilbert Ramirez said Spawn was not a cop. He was a government hitman. He was burned alive by his boss. Would be nice if you could review some books. This video hurts. Peace sign. I like the peace sign. I know. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you would fucking read a book. Yeah. Review some books. Yeah. God. I mean, I review lots of books, just not Spawn. (laughs) So. That sounds like a suggestion. Read a Wikipedia article. Yeah. The funny hard. thing is that Pete was reading a Wikipedia article. He he was re- he was or at least he was he was doing some type of research to know about the gorilla dude guy. That I looked up. Yeah, okay, that I looked right. up. The other so stuff my- was stuff that I was rattling from my brain from me watching this movie when I was like 11 years old and I was like I don't I that's what I remembered being the case and I was so off base like so off base it's and so I, bad I listened to that dude and I was just like oh no man like all of this is wrong it's so I was bad. like where did you get cop like I I, I, I don't know I remember him being a cop I don't know why and his wife didn't even like have any beef with him. He died. <laughs> I thought he was framed after he was dead. That was the thing. <laughs> like they like framed him for some crime. And I, like, I guess I'm thinking of some other movie that I probably watched around the same time. I have no idea where I got that from. Well, where'd you get the rogue demons from? Oh, I don't know. Because the Lewis video Lewis, game. I guess Louis Portilla says. None of that was in there because none of that was true. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't a cop and his wife didn't think he was a scumbag. The part about rogue demons. Yeah, that wasn't a thing either. I don't know. So he came for Pete pretty hard. Um, I deserve it. It's okay. We, we, we take the negatives. It's fine. We appreciate it. It's not the first time that we, any one of us has gotten something wrong. I got to go comment Absolutely. back and say thank you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or not. The last time when the dude uh, tried to come for me on the Radiant Black, I roasted him. So if you feel like you want to do that, you can. However, I would say you were so wrong. Not yet. You should probably just let it rock. <laughs> no, I'm not going to roast anybody. I was totally fucking wrong. Yeah, I literally, the, the, I, I, I was trying to think of when I watched this movie, right? I was like, when, when, like, when's the last time I've seen this movie? And I think I figured it out. And I'm pretty sure I was 11 or 12 years old. I'm now 28. So probably, probably could use a refresher. <laughs> Fair enough, man. And don't piss off Spawn fans because we got five dislikes on this video, which is high for us. Spawn, um, the Spawn fans are sure legion. Did. Oh, yeah. they shit. came for you. Dude. They're mad. They came fucking, for us. We needed these uh, comments, and you guys dropped the fucking ball. <laughs> Throw it. We got we got Gunslinger Spawn, and we got a uh, uh, Lady Spawn. Love it. I, knew- I bought the Gunslinger cover because he looks awesome. See, I got their origins right because they gave them to me in the book. Who's really at fault here, Todd McFarlane? You. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's still me. It's still me. (laughs) Thank you all so much. This is uh, 30 minutes into the episode, and all we've done is read your comments, and that's really cool. Um, I don't know how many people who read or listen to our reviews for the books and shows also listen to the main show, but 
this is where we always respond to comments. So uh, if you write in and you're wondering if we're going to refer to what you said, it will always be on this podcast. Um, so thank you very much for that. Let's get into the pals pools. We'll start with Pete. Uh, you know, Pete doesn't necessarily know his spawn, but he does know his beta raid bill. So why don't you speak about beta well, raid bill? I don't know. I wouldn't give him that much. Oh, time. I was going to say. Okay, I, okay, okay, okay. Spawn three ten. Let's go. <laughs> He knows his Daniel Warren Johnson 2021 beta rate bill. I know that beta rate bill. Uh, I don't know. I read all three performance. I read all three, man. Come on. Look, I'm not. I'm not saying you don't know it. I'm just saying I wouldn't say it so confidently. Yeah. I'm confident in Pete. I think he knows his stuff when it comes to beta rate bill one through three 2021 Daniel Warren Johnson. I do know my stuff about this book, and I can tell you that this book kicks ass it's very 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 good we've reviewed every single issue here on the show and uh i i don't i don't think any one of us has said that it doesn't slap i think it is going to be a clear contender um later this year when we're like looking back and thinking what were the best books of the year i think beta ray bill is going to be in that conversation um and even if it's not your favorite book of the year i think if you give it a shot um that you'll find that it, it speaks to you on some level, whether it's it's script, whether it's it's art, across the board it's really, really a strong book. Um and I I think everybody should be buying it. How about Made in Korea number two? Yeah, so uh we reviewed that as well. Um it's another one of our image reviews which drop every Wednesday. We had uh Jeremy Holt, the writer of the show, on on for an interview um two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Been a bit, but um go check those out if you haven't. Uh, we really enjoyed issue number one, and we actually have our review of issue number two dropping this Wednesday. Um, so I can't exactly say that I'm excited for it because I've already checked it out. So if you want to hear our thoughts, go tune into our review. Uh, Marco chose Canto and the City of Giants number three. That sounds fun. What is this? So Canto is a um, an indie book published by IDW, I think. And um, I I saw it like... I don't know, a few years back, just randomly, and it's sort of grown its own kind of following and spun out into multiple kind of series. And I finally decided to take the dive um, with this most recent run. And this one follows Kanto, and Kanto's uh, like a little a little metal knight that his peoples no longer have organic parts. It's seemingly, they don't have like a heart, and everything's based off of like technology and and uh, like a clock that ticks them. And he's on a mission to save his peoples from this um, this evil force, and he needs to align himself with giants. But in order to do that, they need something from him, and adventures ensue. It's been pretty fun. The art's really, really on point, and the it's like a, it's a quippy book. So there's a lot of back and forth between characters, and uh, it's a it's a really fun time. I, I've been enjoying it, and I'm I think I'm gonna go back and read some of the the original stuff as well from this. Who's the creative team? Do you know? Uh, I don't actually. David M. Boer is the author. Sebastian uh, Perez Perez is the artist, and Drew Zucker is credited as the creator. And Drew Zucker, I believe, did the house which I picked up, which had um. Uh, Philip Civy's art, like earlier, early on, it's like one of his earlier books, which I picked oh, up. Oh, and, yeah, and we've it's, read that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, so I I would recommend it. Yeah, he's he did the art on um the seven issue like horror miniseries called The House. It's pretty good. It looks like Drew Zucker was the artist on the original volume. Okay, so 
cool. Kale chose Power Rangers Unlimited Edge of Darkness. So this is a new miniseries following the Phantom Ranger, um, who is a, jeez, uh, he'd be probably a seventh ranger on uh, Turbo and in space. He just kind of shows up. Nobody knows who he is. Um, and supposedly, this is going to be a miniseries that affects what happens in the Power Rangers uh, line here soon. Um, but I think we might get to find out who he is, huh. uh, which is real cool. Uh, but it's uh, being written by Frank Gogol, um, who, if you're uh, an Image fan, he put out a uh, a book called Marco. Help me out here, Gogor. No, Gogor. No, he Isn't did. He um, Giga? No, oh, he did. Uh, uh, pack, dead end. He did dead end kids. Okay. Um. Gogor was um Ken Garing. Uh, yes, I love Ken Garing. Ken Garing's great. Oh, my mistake. Then I don't know who this guy is, but I'm gonna pick it up. <laughs> well, he he did Dead End Kids, and I forget who the publisher was, but I remember Dead End Kids getting like a lot of press, being pretty good, and it got a it got a second series, I believe. I thought it was weird that he would name a a whole book after himself, but I you know I'm not one to judge. Uh, anyway, this looks really cool. Um, I'm here for it. Yeah, Source Point Press, uh, Dead End Kids. Love Source Point. They're good guys. Uh, you also chose Yusagi Ojimbo, Dragon Bellow Conspiracy. Now, y'all know I love some Usagi Ojimbo. There are two things in the world I love. Power Rangers and Usagi Ojimbo. And my wife. <laughs> but the Dragon Bellows Conspiracy <laughs> is... The Usagi Ojimbo story. Uh, it's the one that's like the most thrilling. It's the one that uh, comes to a really good conclusion, whereas the rest of them uh, are more anthology um, and uh, you know episodic. This is like a whole thing, and it's one of the only times that Stan Sakai does this with Usagi, and it's insane. Um, so IDW has been re-releasing some of the best usagi books on uh in color and oh, i think this is gonna nice. be one of those uh so i'm gonna pick this up well i think i am too because that sounds really cool <clears throat> also just quickly a uh, friend of mine uh not a friend of the show but somebody i went to school with rossi gifford did a cover for usagi yojimbo number 22 uh like this week or something uh, oh, cool. cool as hell. Try and go pick that up. It cool. looks great. <clears throat> nice. We should uh, we should do a book club on that. Man, we got a list of book clubs as long as you're on. Yeah, whatever. We already said we're doing the show for like a thousand episodes. We're good. We'll get to it eventually. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I chose X Factor Ten. This is actually the last issue of X Factor. Uh, I've you know said before. I didn't. I read the first issue of X factor and I didn't really enjoy it. Um, I understand that uh, Leah Williams has a lot of fans for whatever reason, uh, her work just didn't connect with me, but um, this is the last issue. And this appears to be where we're going to find out who Magneto kills. Um, oh, or shoot. at least he will kill someone in this issue. Um, the solicit says, 
the last dance at the Hellfire Gala, secrets will be revealed, vengeance will be had, and someone's number is up. You'll never guess whose. Hi, boys. <gasps> no. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty interested in what the answer to this is going to be. I feel like I have a, I have an idea. I don't think my idea is correct, but um, do you want to say it just in case it is? Uh, I can't explain why I think this way on this episode because it would be a spoiler. But my answer is Scarlet Witch. Oh, me too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but that's probably wrong. But that's just what I feel right now. Um, I don't know anything about what's going on in X Factor other than the fact that this is the end. But yeah, I just want to see what's going to happen. So yeah, cool. Hellfire Gala has been awesome so far. And I'm not picking up every single book, but the ones that seem relevant, I'm, I'm grabbing. Uh, let's jump into the news. We've got the, we're going to, we're going to talk about the Suicide Squad trailer. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Take the host. Thank you very much. And if you happen to be watching on YouTube, then you will get to watch this trailer along with us uh, as we uh, share our thoughts about it. So this is the first time we're really seeing like relevant anything from yeah. the movie. Um, notably, Idris Elba is not playing Deadshot. Um, he's playing Bloodsport. Was this the first he- time we saw that? Because I, I thought... I thought it was confirmed that he was Deadshot. He's absolutely not Deadshot. Did we just um, think that though? Like we, we, thought, we thought that. Okay. We thought he was being recast into Deadshot. Um, but they're keeping the character open in case Will Smith comes back. That makes sense. But the story of the character appears to be essentially the same. Yeah, right. Fuck is that gold guy? So many different characters. Like this trailer is moving fast and they've shown like <laughs> 10 people already. Yeah, when you're like on this sh- uh, helicopter or whatever too, you're like, "Oh my god, yeah, there's like a ton of there's a ton of people on this thing." This god, was yeah. a I like this section. This was this was cool where they're like joking about the weasel and whatnot. Yeah. Man. It's I not a werewolf. To, yeah. <laughs> I hope we don't have to sit with fucking Pete Davidson through this whole movie. I was telling my girlfriend that if he's not the first character to die, I'm not going to like the movie. That's- I really just can't stand him. <laughs> yep. He's got to go. It's so fun to me. Like a, a lot of people really, really, really hate him. Yeah. I'm I don't I don't have him. a strong opinion about him either way. I like him. John Cena killing it, I think, in that that little uh, comedy shot there. I'm, um, I'm really uh, excited Peter to Capaldi. see oh. Cena in this, especially because I thought he was going to die right away. And now it's like definitely I feel like he's going to be one of the main players, which is cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it, man. Um, I don't know how much screen time he's going to have, but I think it's cool that he's here. Um, I, like, is that just uh James Gunn's thing? He's just like, I'm just going to take wrestlers and make them movie stars. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Like John Cena has been in movies, but Hey, I played that level in uncharted. What do you guys think about the trailer though? Like, how do you feel about what we're seeing here? I like it. It, it looks um, fun. Yeah. 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 I think I think that's the right word for it. Like it just feels like it's going to be a good time, you know? And like I think that's kind of predictable, I guess, right? Like James Gunn, we know what he can do. We've seen him do the, you know, fun buddy 
you know, type movie before and like the idea of this, you know, being similar to that, but with characters that have more edge and maybe don't like each other that much, don't get along that well. Um, I can totally see how this comes together to be a really, really fun movie um, that maybe you don't get like super, you know, uh, emotionally invested in or anything like that, but that it's like a movie we all walk away from thinking like that was hilarious, you know, and like and and walking away feeling pretty high on. I think. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see how these characters interact. Like uh, Abner Krill, uh, the polka dot man. Like yeah. he looks he looks wild. Like he's gonna be super buggy and stuff. Um, yeah, so he's gonna be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm excited to see these char- like these actors portray these like. Yeah out there characters because i think it's going to be pretty funny like uh, i mean yeah like we're back to the scene with john cena right where he's just like cracking a joke and i feel like he fits that mold very well um abner fits that role pretty well um i I think it's gonna be fun a fun movie i I think like specifically like john cena's delivery of that is really funny to me because like what he says is like kind of you know like it's a very like uh it's a bathroom humor type joke, but like the fact that he's like so serious, he's like, he's like, do you think that could be, could that be, could that mean anything? It's just like, no, no. <laughs> does, that mean, does, that mean, does that mean butthole? <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, okay, like if that's like, if that's the vibe this movie is going for, I think that's the right vibe, you know, yeah. like you let, you let Idris Elba be, you know, the like intense character. And like, obviously he's like, you know, everybody, like, loves him. He's super, like, hot. He looks fucking cut and everything. And everybody else is just, like, a fucking... It's mostly comedians. And then John Cena being fucking clowns. And obviously, you know, um, we know what to expect from from this version of Harley Quinn. And, and people really love that character. So it feels like a good... uh feels like a good recipe for success. I'm excited to see Harley Quinn again. I kind of... When she comes up, I, I was like, oh, I missed her. I I really even like in the original Suicide Squad, which was like not a good movie. Um, I've I've always thought that. Uh, I'm sorry. What's her name? Um, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. I I I feel like she really has kind of locked in with that character. You know, mm-hmm. I think she hits yeah. the right note for me. Did you guys know Sylvester Stallone is going to be King Shark? Yeah. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. Holy shit! How fucking funny is that? Does he have his own superhero movie coming out soon or something? Does he? I don't Don't know that. That seems crazy. He's old as fuck. (laughs) In the Harley Quinn show, I think it's um, uh, Ron Funches. And I was kind of hoping they kept that, (laughs) Um, but Sylvester Stallone, I can all show up for. That's. I think the fact that they're playing him off as like the slow dopey guy makes it really funny that it's that it's Sylvester Stallone's doing the voice, you know? Yeah, uh, Stallone has a, a upcoming superhero movie, Samaritan, an un- unrelated, totally new project. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, now that you mention it, Victor Dandridge brought that up. I think. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, so this is cool. Uh, we don't have to wait too terribly long to see it. It'll be out in August. Wait, really? Um, I believe so. Wow. Um, so not not too bad. Oh, yeah. August 6th is what yeah. uh, IMDb says. We're going to go see a movie. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
So I'm into it. I, I, I like the first one well enough. It has a lot of problems. It's not it's probably not objectively good, but I, I was okay with it, I guess. But uh, this is the cast is superior, I think. And mm. um, I also think that James Gunn wouldn't have done this if he didn't have something to say. And he's obviously very talented and yeah. we like what he does. Not that there's anything wrong with the original director. It's just that that was a mess behind the scenes. You can't even like call scene. that his vision, right? Exactly. Like it was yeah. like chopped and screwed and like, you know, made into a different movie. Like, it, yeah. you know, I don't know. We need the air cut. I'm, we need I'm, the air cut, guys. I'm down. That's what it is. Let's get it. I, I think I'd genu- genuinely be more interested in that. Um Sean, can you go to the end where the credits are? I, I thought I saw Zack Snyder and his name. Oh, yeah, you did. Well, I saw yeah. it too. Yeah. And the credit scene, I think. He's still probably executive a, producing. Probably like a producer, producer. Yeah. yeah. But that's so... That's yeah, so... Um, yeah, see if he's an executive producer there. Yeah, that, that, that probably like is because... You know... Of a deal they made years yep. ago. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Zach and Deborah Snyder, they've been EPs on everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Every every movie that they put out, I'm pretty sure they've they've gotten that credit. Wow, what is that, is James Gunn the only credited writer? Did he just write the whole script himself? Uh as far as I know, that is the case. Damn, but, uh, what a dream. They often don't credit the people who wrote the earlier drafts. Yeah, if, you know, they were asked. You know, that that all gets weird. So yeah, but he uh, very well man. Yeah, you're right. They might credit them like in the credits, but not on the poster. Yeah, yeah. it's a million IMDb. names on this thing. <laughs> IMDb only has him and uh, the creator of the Suicide Squad. Wow. There you go. So yeah, yeah so, I guess so. Then it, it was a very personal story for him. He said uh, a few times now. So I mean, he's also you know. A creator of his caliber, I'm sure that maybe that was like a condition he floated. Like, let me write it. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> Let's get into uh, Shang-Chi. So I've notoriously not really enjoyed what they've shown so far for Shang-Chi. Um, this trailer, I feel like, was better. Um, it shows off some cooler stuff. Um, we get to see the Mandarin. Yeah, we, I, I think I... I like that we get to see more of him because we get to understand that, okay, this is going to be like a, a father son sort of story. Right. Um, less so he's like looking for him kind of situation. It's more like, mm-hmm. how do you deal with whatever as a child I dealt with kind of. Um, and I thought that was compelling. I've been into the trailers um, mostly because of the, like the Kung Fu action stylings and, and yeah. that. So I, I think this trailer does more to solidify a lot of that, but also gives an indication of, okay, this is also going to be like potentially a, a heartfelt story at, at the core. And I trust Marvel enough to, to be able to deliver on that with the action. Yeah. I like the action. I think the action was a lot cooler here for whatever reason. It just spoke to me more. I don't like the Mandarin. I just can't get with this. This is such a departure that it's not, it's not the same character at all. Like he's not wearing rings. He's got bangles on. Um, he has a completely different personality. Um, he doesn't look right. As far as the Mandarin goes, I'm really bummed that Marvel continues to do this where they'll take a character who has a clear history and just completely warp it. That, yeah, that was cool. And this is pretty cool too. Um, 
Look was, at that, man. Was like, that? Man. Hmm? Was that Dragon? Fing Fang Foom? Was it? Know. Okay. That's what that's I was what thinking. Yeah. It's unconfirmed. That's man. Abomination, though. Fing Fang Foom in this movie. Oh, fuck. I didn't realize that was Abomination when I watched this the first time. Damn. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. This is yeah, about to be the best movie in the MCU. If We're out here bringing back old movie. villains, huh? Yeah, um, but it seems like he's a cage fighter now, which is super random. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, I feel like that's like a classic, like, this character has been on ice for a long time. Where has he been? He's been out fighting in cage fights, you know, like just scraping by or whatever. Like, <laughs> it, it is weird for sure. But like, I'm like, eh, whatever. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I wonder if the original actor will be portraying him again or if they're only going to show him in his abomination form. I bet you they'll only show him in his abomination form and either way it could it could be the original actor but if not perfect opportunity to recast, right? And then how strange is it that Shang-Chi's going to probably like beat the abomination in a fight whereas that was the main villain for the Hulk in his first uh outing. Hulk's a bitch. All right. I feel like I, I get what you mean in that regard. I feel like for me that that does feel like a, a way to kind of like establish his power set, right? And be like, well, here's where he ranks. Like he can, you know, he packs a punch, right? He can hit this guy that the Hulk, you know, had to fight. Um yeah. cuz it wasn't like the Hulk struggled to beat abomination a ton like it's definitely a fight it's a fucking fight but like what he whoops his ass like <laughs> i'm pretty sure he got smoked the first time they fought each other yeah but then when they go and fight and level that whole block he's way more pissed off and he just fucks his shit up but don't get me wrong it's he puts in the work i don't think shang chi's gonna just you know clown him out do you yeah um no but i think he's gonna win and that's really odd Okay. Uh, I can't catch it. It's okay. I, ju- I just oh, saw it. Oh, wait. It's, that's is that- Wong, isn't it? Was- yeah, it's that's oh. Wong. That's Wong. I'm sorry. It's Wong fighting Abomination, not, not that makes Shang-Chi. sense. You're absolutely right. Because he does this. Um, so, yeah, Abomination's definitely yeah. going to get whooped. Yeah. There's. That makes sense, God, too, it's right? It's so hard to catch. <laughs> is that- America's Shield is somewhere back there. Is it really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. I can't catch it. It's Can you so... do the the period uh, thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll try that. To go frame by frame. Mm-hmm. There we go. Let's get a little closer. You saw it? No, no, no. I just mean like we're going frame by frame now. Yeah, yeah, we're going frame by frame. Um, see it right there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Holy there. shit! Huh. Mm-hmm. I I don't understand where they are that they would have that or how they have it, but that's the shield. Mm. Yeah, I've especially, seen a cleaner image of it, and it's, it's like definitely. It's there. definitely. It's is it like definitely Cap Shield? Could it be like a ripoff Shield that's like well, it for another character? But it it's it's Captain America's Shield. Whether like it's got or not, the star and everything. Duplicate. Yeah, got it. Yeah, because I was um, wondering, like maybe it's like because like what fucking what's his name? The character in Black Widow, like he has like a a shield that's Red like Guardian, styled yeah. off of Caps, right? It's, like it's probably the shitty one John Walker broke. Something like that, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think the trailer's cool. Um, I'm still not excited for this movie. I don't know what it is that's not appealing to me, but 
uh, I'm going to be there opening day anyways. So whatever. I don't have to care about the trailers to ultimately end up liking the movie. I... I, I'm with you that I really like this trailer. I thought this was was better than the last one, even though I really liked that last one. Um, I feel like I feel like I'm oh, getting wait, a better sense for the kind of the totality of of what they're going for now, and like like what Marco is putting down. I definitely feel like I'm I'm here for it. Um, I I definitely like that you know the the action and like you know the fight choreography and everything being a little bit more like practical a little bit more like closer to the ground like what we you know we're used to seeing in like the Netflix shows is cool cuz there aren't a ton of MCU characters that are at least like leading characters that do fight that way um so like I'm 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 into that um and also just in general like it being something that I'm not super familiar with and that like is going to be a fresh uh vibe you know like there hasn't been an MCU movie that's like a kung fu movie right so I'm excited, I think, for it probably more than any of the other movies on the docket, except for, you know, Spider-Man, for those reasons. So I'm excited to see how I feel about it once we actually get to sit down in a movie theater and watch the dang thing. (laughs) Is it only in theaters? No, but I think I'll probably go try to go see it in theaters. Is it confirmed that it'll be releasing on Disney Plus? I'm not sure. Okay. It might say it here, actually. Because it said it on the other one, um, the HBO yeah. thing. Yeah. Um. Their 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 deal is is confirmed throughout the year on HBO. Right. Disney seems to be operating on a case by case basis. So, um. But yeah, could go either way. Exactly. All right. That's gonna do it for our conversation about the trailers. Let us know your excitement level for these movies. Um. They're those are kind of like the big summary movies that we're getting from both camps black widow and shang chi and then um suicide squad from dc so uh pretty cool let's now talk about the x-men so if you are reading way of x and this is a spoiler for what's going on over there so if you don't want it skip ahead um if you're reading way of x you know that onslaught is on the horizon hell yeah Yep, uh, Marco's favorite storyline is t- is the, the character, the titular character, is being brought into the modern age uh, through the Way of X book, um, and that's even relevant in the most recent issue. Uh, but now we know that there's going to be a one shot that deals with um, that deals with onslaught. It's called the Onslaught Revelation. Uh, it's going to be by the same creative team. That's on way of X, Cy Spurrier and Bob Quinn. Um, And uh, it looks as if we're really going to get legitimate onslaught. Like even the the cover has Xavier in a rage with onslaught appearing as like a a, a, what's the word for that? Um, an, An apparition. Is that a good word for that? Um, sure. a ghost of some kind behind him. Yeah. Apparition's good enough, yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so this is pretty cool. I am i don't know what to think about the fact that they're bringing Onslaught back. I love Onslaught. I really do. The story, never read it, probably never will. But the character design, I think, is amazing. I love the concept. Um, I'm a sucker for all that type of stuff. And Jonathan Hickman is 
is essentially with this run, he's doing a very Grant Morrison-esque thing in which he's taking uh, all these different things that are from the 90s and the 80s of X-Men history and kind of integrating them into the now, you know, with Inferno, now with Onslaught, all these different things. I think it's super cool. Um, how do you guys feel? I'm, I'm mixed because, like, uh, on, Onslaught is during a period of tension between Xavier and Magneto, and right now they're pretty in line in terms of what their overall goal is, and they're obviously very, like, secretive of it. Mm. Um, so... I don't know how they're going to fit that in narratively to because the, the whole thing was that um, like an evil piece of Magneto uh, manifested in Xavier and that's how Onslaught was born. And um, it, it also it's also interesting because then I don't know to what extent Xavier has been driven by this character because that was another point within the this the the event is that his his personality had changed he'd been doing things differently and we don't know at what point onslaught inserted itself and it, it very well could be a reveal that you know magneto managed to manifest onslaught within xavier i mean and that's why they've been so close together and in cahoots and are able to plan this stuff out um but now his psyche is breaking so that these are like some of the things that i was thinking about uh, as um, as I was reading Way of X, is like how how does that integrate into where the X Men are now? Because that has to be explained and has to have some sort of impact into even the stuff from House of X. I mean, we've been talking about from the beginning how we thought that Professor and, X had some sort of you know sinister motive. He's moving in different ways. He seems a little bit more villainous. I'm wondering if maybe that's going to play into it in some regard. Yeah, and if it is, I'd have to see how it's executed to. Because it depends. I'm, I'm mixed on that. So I think that they're going to go a slightly different direction. Uh, I if if in fact this version of onslaught that they're going with is gonna 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 come out of Magneto and Xavier specifically and is not something that just exists independent of them at this point which is the vibe I got out of uh, the most recent issue of Way of X um, if that's the case his it, his existence will be based more on the combined hubris mm. and power of Magneto and Xavier and not necessarily the evil of one or the other um, I think that it's it's kind of almost like a cautionary tale. Um, they are genuinely extremely powerful, but that 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 comes with a cost, you know. Um, and we've seen what that cost can be before with onslaught and the risk of them, um, you know, leaning into their their arrogance. Um, is this? That's the vibe I get. I could be absolutely wrong. Um, I would not necessarily like to see them just be bad, though. I think that would be a little bit. Of a yeah, yeah. I, I, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me. Like that sounds like a good theory. Um, that feels like it plays into what has been happening, and not in a hand wavy kind of way. Like, oh, they're just bad, and like you know, everything they've been doing is bad. You know, I just right. don't. I don't think that's what this era is about. 
And I don't think that. Yeah, it's it's a lot more complicated than than that. And I think I, I don't think that that feels like what Hickman would be driving toward with all of this, right? Like, you know, um, that would that would be pretty revealing about some pretty negative things about his politics. I feel like. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I I I think it's going to be a little bit more nuanced than that. Yeah. Uh, my um, my last thought on this is that in 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 the original run, um, in the event, Onslaught went after Franklin Richards, and um, Franklin mm. Richards has technically been it's not technically a mutant anymore, and I wonder if that was in effect a way to save. Maybe there's some foreshadowing there, right, from the creative teams where. Uh, he's not in on. He's not on onslaught's radar anymore, and because he's no longer a mutant, he's no longer relevant to the cause per se. So I wonder if there's some connective tissue there. We'll, we'll have to see. But I just thought it was interesting that he gets depowered pretty early on, and or no longer classified as an, uh, a mutant. And now we have onslaught, and that was a big. Franklin Richards was a big part of that. Well, Marco, as you know, the dream is dead. The dream is dead, man, and you know what? It could be. I gotta say, I think it's really funny how you only read Onslaught because of, like, a bit from us playing Smash that one time, but, like, it now actually is really coming in handy <laughs> in our critical analysis of what's going on in the X-Men right now. Like, That's it's truly paying off your, your hundreds of dollars of investment in reading this very obscure event. So... I just went on the Wikipedia page for Onslaught because I, I actually because I wanted to see what game it was that he was in, and it was Marvel vs. Capcom one. Um, but actually, this is this this page is revealing something that I guess I missed. Uh, so it says, and you know, this is Wikipedia, so it could be wrong, but it says after recruiting Nightcrawler to rescue his mind from the device that trapped him. Legion confirms to Nightcrawler that the Patrick Man and the signature he encountered in his mind are one and the same and that it belongs to Onslaught, the evil psionic entity born from Xavier's darkest self, somehow restored by Project Orcus. So according to this, Onslaught is being brought back by the organization that is that is filled with humans from various different groups that are banded together to destroy mutant kind and protect humans. Interesting. Interesting. I, I think somebody threw that theory out because um, the, what's that guy's name? The uh, uh, Gil- Gilgamesh? No. The big robot. Oh, oh, uh, Nimrod. Yeah, that was pretty close. Gilgamesh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen, it's all, it's all Old Testament. Um uh, 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 the, 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 I almost called him Gilgamesh again. The Nimrod armor, I mean, looks like Onslaught. Hmm. Mm, or at least it looks like Onslaught in the, um, the, uh, the, the, the picture we get of him at the end of two, Way of X2. Um, okay. I, I'd have to, I feel like we have to reread, uh, Way of X number one because that's where they save. Uh, Legion and his brain and all that stuff. Yeah, I feel like we should reread it. No, that was two. Was it? It was no. two. You're correct. Oh, was it? Okay. Because yeah, yeah, one yeah, was yeah, all about Nightcrawler and his moral dilemma. And at oh. the end, we get. I think the tease there is Legion. Yeah, I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah. 
I'm I'm super into it either way. Whatever, however they go, I want to see onslaught, and I trust the team to deliver a story that's not cheap. Yeah, that's all that matters. I think so. Ben Riley's coming back. Major, Let's major go. News. <laughs> Talk about cheap. Oh, damn. damn! Shots fired. So. There's a lot to talk about here with Spider-Man this week. Marvel dropped a bombshell. Uh, they're bringing back Ben Riley, and he's going to be the primary Spider-Man. He's going to be Spider-Man in the mainline uh, story uh, that will follow up on Nick Spencer's run. Um, and it appears that Peter Parker is going to die. Uh, and that's how we will usher in the, the era of Ben Riley. Got a movie um, coming out, so perfect timing, Fits. right? Yeah, uh, and like not only help. like they need help selling a Spider-Man book. <laughs> not only are they doing away with Peter Parker to bring back Ben Riley into the fold, uh, they're actually going to be bringing in a, uh, a a squad of writers to to tackle this thrice monthly. Yikes! Title. That's three times a, a month. Yes. So Kelly Thompson, one. Saladin Ahmed, two. O- Cody Ziegler, three. Patrick Gleason, four. And Zeb Wells. But that's five writers, Sean. Uh, I think isn't Gleason and Zeb aren't they? Well, Gleason's an artist, right? Or does he do writing as well? Uh, Gleason does both. Okay. Zeb, I'm pretty confident as a writer because he yeah. wrote. Yeah. Um, Cody Ziegler, I'm not familiar with. He's the only one I'm not. Yeah. Um, so we don't. I guess. I guess to be fair, we don't know what role Patrick Gleason is going to take um, for for this story, uh, and I don't know what Ziegler does. So it could, it's very possible that um, that uh, you know he they might be the, the artist behind this. Um, sure. But it seems as though Zeb Wells is the main writer, and everyone else is like. Assisting. assisting this is cool i'm excited i uh, genuinely when i was reading onslaught uh they had a few crossovers with spider-man and, <laughs> and, and it was ben and it was ben and i'm like who's this dude <laughs> wow, why, why is, is he up really... in, why is he up in harlem what's going on here like i was so confused and uh i dug shine, him Marco. dude i dug him i was like damn give me more ben riley man you need to lose it something so we can get you to read the whole clone saga we'll change your <laughs> tune Marco keeps teetering on challenging me again. Marco will go to bat for the clone saga. You watch. Oh, I fucking know he will. He's crazy. He'll do it. I but I want him to read it. Yeah. He can go to bat for whatever the fuck he wants. I want him to go through it. Just wanted to point out we know that uh Cody Ziggler is a writer. Um, Okay. Okay. He wrote for the Disney Plus uh the the new She Hulk show. And uh he also did some Rick and Morty stuff. So everyone is a writer. They have not actually announced any artists at all. Well, Gleason, I'm a fan. So you got me in on that one as well. Yeah. And, and and Saladin, Saladin Ahmed, Kelly Thompson. These are, these are very talented uh, creators behind the book. I just, first of all, I have no interest in the death of Spider-Man. Again, again, taking Spider-Man off the board just doesn't feel correct to me. Um, I really have a tough time with that one. 
there are certain characters you can do that with, and it's like, okay, fine, like characters die, whatever. But Peter Parker is just not one of those in my mind. The Ultimate Universe was perfectly okay because that was, a, you know, kind of like a, a natural story that was unfolding, and he was really dead. Like it was just he was gone forever, and they had to move on with Miles. And I, I think that was all brilliant. In the mainline Marvel, um, I just feel like Spider-Man is uh, Peter Parker is such an important character that I'm not down to see him gone. And Ben Riley is a personally not someone that I I don't have a, I don't care about Ben Riley. I think um, it's just happened too much in recent memory too. You know, like granted, like the the events where it's happened are, are a few years removed at this point, right? Like you think about um, Superior Spider Man that was like what. Five six years ago Fuck, now, I completely shit. I completely oh, forgot about Superior Spider Man. I did too. I did too. I, I, damn, I wasn't even counting that. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, like that's that's one of the major developments in in recent Spider Man history, right? And, well, he, and again, he dies, somewhat recent. He dies during uh or after no, right before Civil War. That's the impetus for him getting the um the Iron Spider suit. Mm, he dies, but he's like almost well, instantly resurrected. Yeah, in the fight it, with, yeah, go ahead. It was a thing, you know, and and it's old, and it let it was all lead up to civil war, but it happened. Either way, right? You've had multiple storylines that hinge on Peter's dead. Someone else is going to be Spider Man. It's just like, okay, it's so funny hearing you guys because like. I'm like, oh, Peter's gonna die and Ben's gonna come in. Hype, because I've I've never experienced that. Right. So yeah, this you is gonna summer child. <laughs> this is gonna be rad. No, you're <laughs> you're gonna when this is over, you're gonna be so jaded. <laughs> He's not gonna read it. Like he it doesn't even it. matter. Oh, yeah, you're gonna no. read a thrice monthly Spider-Man oh, yeah, yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Come on, that, five writers. And that and to Marco's point right there. What's the price of this? If it's four dollars, I'm out instantaneous. Mm. Three, oh, yeah, bro, three issues imagine? a month at four dollars with yeah. five different writers. It's like I don't. Come on, guys. I'm cool on that. Yeah, <laughs> like I think I think that's the biggest thing that makes me feel kind of like whatever about this is that like every it's one of those paragraphs in a news story where every single sentence you add on, I'm like, oh, it just it's worse and and that's no shade at it at the creative team. Um, any one of these people writing it, I'd be like, cool. But like all of them, it's like, really? Well, all of them, all of them have the chops to carry a Peter Parker book. And it's like that too, right? Like, it's like, you know, I know that I know it's still going to be amazing Spider-Man and everything, but it does feel kind of like, oh, all right. Well, this is, this is your, this is their run on Amazing Spider-Man. They're sharing it with six other people and it's not even Peter. And, you know, it's like, that kind of sucks. You know, like. I'm annoyed that Miles isn't getting the the main title. Like, I I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, Ben Riley is not a thing. Like, if you're going to kill Peter and pass the title to someone else, why not Miles? And I feel like, I feel like probably the answer to that is that they want to have a Miles book and an Amazing Spider-Man book and have both of them, you know, be successful and make money. And that, like, you probably worry that if you put Miles on Amazing you know, are there people that then want him to stay on Amazing? Where does Peter go? What is that? You know, it's like all these things the where it's like, pfft. yeah. You just said you can't do that though. 
but they did it. They're doing it anyway. So if they're going to do it, they might as well put miles in the main book. This is first of all, this is the 10th anniversary. This is the, this is 10 years of miles Morales. 2021. Um, Yes. And yeah, that's hype. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, so why not? Ce- you know how they're celebrating that? They're giving him a new costume. Oh, like, man, it looks bad. That's so trash. Like, give him the main book. I don't care about Ben Riley. Like, I'm sure there are people who do whatever. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with caring about that. But I don't. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who would love to see Miles take the main role. And by the way, people will buy Amazing Spider-Man if I'm Spider-Man. Okay? So... It doesn't matter. Just put Miles in it. Like, put Miles in it and then do another book called Ben Riley Spider-Man. Yeah. Or, or Spider-Man, you know? But amazing. I feel like you, you give Miles the bump. That's that's how I feel. I feel like you give it to him for the whole year. That's his 10th anniversary, right? 12 issues. That way, like... Forever. Fuck it. They, they won't do that. Well, you yeah, know, whatever clearly. it is. But they did it. But, but here's my thing, okay? They did it for, um, for Winter Soldier. Okay, they did it for uh, Falcon. They did it. They even did it for X twenty three. She already had an identity, and they made her Wolverine. And the main yeah. title was called Wolverine with her in it. Yeah. Why not Miles? It's bullshit. Yeah. It's uh, bullshit. Can I can I read uh, what Please. Niccolo said? I, I guess it's his story pitch, but like I don't. He says uh, this is from the the CBR article. He says uh, the whole point of working on Spider-Man is trying to put new unliftable weights on top of him, physical, metaphysical, emotional, psychological, and seeing if he can lift them. But what if that weight truly is too heavy? What if someone with the exact same skills and formative years could do better? Ben Riley is back, and with Aunt May and Uncle Ben's lessons in the back of his mind as well, he's here to step in where Peter Parker failed. Can he accomplish things the original Spider-Man never could? These questions are what sold me on this story. Boo. I gotta say, they're not selling me on the story. Yeah, boo. <laughs> it's just uh, it's I bad. don't know. I don't. I, I don't like feel that. like. I don't feel like there's heat there. It's not to me. It's not exciting. It's not like oh yeah. wow, that's a crazy pitch. Like what is that really? What Nick Lowe heard and was like, oh my god, I have to. You know, what if like, Ben Riley was better than Peter Parker, even though they're basically the same guy? Well, and that was the original fucking Ben Riley pitch. Right. Well, no, and the thing that was interesting about the original pitch was that it was like, oh, he might, like, Peter might be the clone. Yeah, right, right. It was, but, yeah, you there took was all the, the whole, <laughs> there's no air left in that balloon. <laughs> but, like, the question here is, oh, what if, what if Peter Parker can't do it? Can Ben Riley? Well, yeah, probably. Like, you're still you still got the guy in the pajamas doing it like or no and neither of those are particularly compelling answers and, and then peter <laughs> peter comes back and what was all this for exactly man my face looks weird i can't get over this one thing i will say um is that the new costume they got for ben it's pretty cool it's all right yeah it's all right ben belly hype kind of reminds me of the one from the video game Worth pointing out, they're also killing Doctor Strange this year, allegedly. Right. <laughs> Which oh, is like, right. got that yeah. movie coming out. We, we're going we <laughs> to lean yeah. on all these things at the same time. I don't, I don't. Oh, it's yeah, funny because, go ahead. They're going to be in the movie together too. So that, 
Yeah. Yo, if your theory is correct, fucking Wanda's going too. She's going to be in uh, Multiverse oh of Madness. They yes. kill all these motherfuckers because of movies. The only, uh, the only thing that makes me feel like I'm wrong for sure is that the Darkhold book is coming out and she's in that. So that makes me feel like, okay, she's not going to die right now if she's also in the Darkhold book. But yeah, I don't know. There's lots of murder going on uh, at Marvel. And notoriously, DC killed off Batman and the Dark Knight was coming out. They did. They Batman R.I.P. ran the same summer that. Why is Dark this a Knight thing? <laughs> Sales. But I okay, sure. You start. I mean, movie comes out. The theory is that people will show up to the comic shop and ask for the new number one to jump on. But that yeah, but almost just, never happens. Yeah, but uh, it's probably not helped by the fact that you're killing the character that's the one that they want to come read about. Like, if I'm like, I just watched Batman, and I really like it, and then I go and, and Bruce Wayne is not Batman, it's like, that's not, that doesn't feel like the right pipeline to get people to read the book, you know what I mean? To be fair, uh, <laughs> Batman R.I.P. was insanely successful. Shows what I know. Uh, let's talk about the new title that Ryan Stegman and Donny Cates are going to be working on. So, uh, Stegman's got a podcast. It's called Stegman Stegman and Friends, uh, and it airs on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And they took to this podcast to announce a new uh, imprint and a, a new publisher called Kids Love Chains, which is uh, a oh, reference. Yeah. yeah. It's a reference to. Uh, to Crossover? Uh, what's this guy's name? No. Well, yes. Oh. But Crossover itself is a reference to something that Todd McFarlane said one time where he was asked like, why so many chains? And then right. he said, Oh, kids love chains. Right. So yeah. And, that, and it, if you recall venom 200, the new venom has like all mm-hmm. these chains on his body and stuff. Um, so that's, that's what that is. And the new title is vanished or I'm sorry, vanish. Um, and we don't know a ton about it. Uh, it's got some cool covers. Uh, we, there's some type of superhero team involved. Um, and Donny Cates talked a little bit about it, and he said um, that the images are showing, a, and I quote now, a team of superheroes of some fashion. That guy appears to have the image logo upside down on his shirt and upside down cross, but they look like good guys, which is weird because the other guys look like a bad guy. Um, it's influenced by a bunch of Spawn comics, Wildcats, and a huge tome of Akira or Akira, whatever. Um and that they were asking themselves one question we kept in mind the entire time. What could we do in Vanish that Marvel would never allow? <laughs> so I thought that was pretty interesting. We talked about uh, Ryan Stegman's next project just last week and what it would be. And I suggested that we would learn about it within the next month or two, whatever he was going to do. But I thought it was going to be a Marvel project. It's not. And this is bad. Not the the book is bad this is bad for marvel because uh stegman in my opinion is one of the hottest artists in the industry and the fact that his next project coming off of the insanely successful venom is not at marvel Mm. is really rough for them uh i think it's rough that they're losing him he's not going to be able to work on anything marvel or anything anything 
for some time because artists can't really do more than one book. So that's it. He's off the table. And there's also a really good chance, right, that like if this book comes out and is successful um, and finds, you know, uh, an audience that like he never comes back. It's possible. You know, like a lot of creators make that jump from contract work once they're able to do their own creator own thing because, I mean, A, it's more creatively fulfilling most of the time, right? Um, but also, if it hits, that's – you could become a millionaire, right? Like, yeah. you know, like you could have a have a have a, a, a huge, huge increase in your status as a creator, you know? And the thing that really stuck out to me here is, again, that that phrase – we wanted to do the things that Marvel would never allow. Yep. Uh, I don't know if that's like a dig at what went on at Marvel during their time on Venom, but the fact that he's specifically saying that is a little weird to me. Um, Donnie Cates is going on to continue to work for Marvel, but again, he's a writer. He can do multiple things at once. So um, I'm, I'm into it. I really like both of these creators. I will definitely be picking up this book even if it feels very derivative um, uh, for me, like if I, if I want to read spawn, I'm going to read it. If I want to read venom. I'm going to read that. This feels like it's derivative of those things and spawn is derivative of venom. So it's just like this long chain of imitation. Um, and, and Hey, it could be great. I'm definitely going to buy it. So we'll see. Yeah. I think in general, um, whether or not like the premise specifically appeals to me i think it's more that like i just like to see creators of their status and like their caliber um making the jump to more and more creator owned stuff just because you know it speaks to there being room in the industry for more than just the big two you know and like it often means better you know again if the book is successful it often means better uh you know, a better paycheck for some of them and, you know, more more opportunities to continue doing, you know, bigger projects and, and things that are on their own terms, you know, which is really exciting. Um, obviously, you know, uh, it's it's great to um to get to find that success at the big two, but like as it seems like they're saying, right? Like there's certain limitations that come with that creatively, but also, you know, you don't get to hold on to anything that you create. So um I'm excited for them, you know, and I, I hope I hope it works out. Yeah, uh, with crossover, I think that kind of turned me on to Kate's stuff. Um, I liked Venom enough, and this is if if it's anything like that series, um, I'm I'm willing to give it a shot. Cool. Um, speaking of which, I totally whiffed on your pull because you did pull crossover number seven. So. Number seven, baby, crossover! It's coming back. Nice. Uh, yeah. So speaking of creator-owned titles, um, we learned that Warren Ellis and Ben Templesmith would be continuing their creator-owned title, Fell, at Image Comics this week. And that announcement uh, really, really sparked a huge conversation on Twitter um, and on you know various comic book websites about it. So that's our main topic. That's the biggest thing that happened this week, and we've got to talk about it, so we will right now. This is a very sensitive topic. Uh, we've dealt with it before. We dealt with it 
when Warren Ellis was first accused. And I should be very clear that um, Warren Ellis last year uh, was accused by a, uh, a group of um, women and uh, non-binary people of uh, a variety of things, uh, primarily uh, manipulation, uh, coercion into sexual acts, be they um, physical or online. Uh, so, you know, uh, pictures exchanging, videos exchanging, sexually charged conversations, uh, things like that. He's accused of lying to women about his relationship status and about um, the relationship that he was having with the woman in any individual uh, scenario, uh, making them feel that they were the only one, um, things of that nature. Um, he's accused of um, ghosting and using tactics uh, of that sort to make them feel um, more compelled to want to reach out and lean in further toward him. Um, a lot of stuff like that. Uh, there were no allegations, as far as I'm aware, of any kind of sexual assault. Um, and no allegations of any type of grooming that involved an underage person. So all that said, uh, those that's the that's the type of go ahead, Pete. There was just one piece of context I wanted to add just from this is from The Guardian. Uh, it said that roughly 100 women have come forward where 33 of them have composed written statements uh, supported by emails and text messages, which have been seen by The Guardian. Um, and then I know you, you're bringing this up later, but there was the website, so many of us.com. Um, yeah, I was about to bring that up right now. Okay. Yeah. Head right into it. Uh, so these women put together a website called so many of us.com. This is where they have compiled, um, several stories, like, uh, a, a lot. There are a lot of stories, a lot of testimonials about what was done. Um, on the website, they say that even though there are there are like 66, uh, 62 uh, people who signed on to this website, they didn't they're not choosing to add any more people to it, um, although they know of a, almost 100 people. And this, that that number is uh, as of, I think, July 2020. Uh, so yeah, um, I think that's all everyone needs to know to get this conversation started. Uh, it, it is also worth pointing out that these people aren't look, they were not at the time, nor are they now looking to cancel him. They were more just looking to bring to light the conversation, uh, try to get him to stop doing it and, uh, see that he, you know, uh, is contrite, you know, see that he apologizes and recognizes and acknowledges what he did to these people. Um, so that's, that's the context for what we're going to be talking about. Um, now for a year, Warren Ellis has not worked in comics. He hasn't done anything. He actually got removed from the dark Knights death metal, 
uh, one of the one of the um, side stories that we're doing about the 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 B Rex, I believe. Um, all oh, right, yeah, yeah. We were all looking forward to that, um, but that he got fired from that job, um, and then he vanished. He, he stopped publishing his um, his newsletter, and he was just in the wind for a while. Um, but now we know that um, he's coming back. Uh, he is coming back with his title "Fell" with Ben Temple Smith. Um, they're actually going to be. Uh, they're gonna. It's it's a story that they had already worked on at some point or another, uh, thirteen years ago, um, and now they're returning to finish the story, um, which of course, you know, that's a big deal. Um, this is what Ben said in his initial announcement. He announced it through his through his Patreon and I believe his newsletter. Um, and but he announced said, the the comic. Yeah. He said, Fell is finally going to be finished. Okay, it's finally happening. For better or worse, this is unfinished business to me. We really left it hanging. Obviously, so much has changed since those days. Yes, I know. So much. Not for me to speak for Warren, but I agreed to do the book, and I'm glad he's going to be doing some comics again. I don't think anyone thought he'd bugger off and work in a shoe factory or anything. He is, after all, one of the most important comics writers of the past few decades. It means a lot to me to finish this thing, finally, so I couldn't say no. I guess we'll let the market speak as to how things go. We're pretty, we're pretty much past the old concept of $1.99 comics, sadly, these days. So from what I know, this will be a single-volume work. And I hope I'm not speaking out of place by saying, yes, it'll still be through image. Warren got me some script, so I'm starting on pages now. So in addition to the other projects I'm working on, and he lists some projects... The Squid Army Patreon is going to be privy to a bunch of my process work on all the pages. As always, hail Squid and all that. Okay, so first of all, he's acknowledging in a roundabout way that things have changed with Warren Ellis. Um, And he doesn't directly explicitly state what he's talking about. But he does say that, you know, obviously Warren Ellis was going to come back to comics eventually and it is what it is. Um, to now, this is something that has, I feel, been unfairly reported on. And I do want to start by saying that everyone has come at image for the fact that they're publishing this. And I want to start with this because the announcement was not made by image. The announcement was made by Ben Templesmith. Mm. Image Mm. says in their statement, that this announcement was made ahead of time. Uh, It was premature. I'm actually just going to read their announcement and let them speak for themselves. Uh, Because, again, the internet blew up over this. So many people were calling for Image's head over it. Um, You know, very disappointed in Image. Why would Image do this? He hasn't made his events. Um, All that kind of stuff. And, And fair enough. This is what Image said. This week's fell announcement was neither planned nor vetted and was in fact premature. While finishing Warren Ellis and Ben Temple Smith's fell is something we've been looking forward to for years, Image Comics will not be working with Warren on anything further until he has made amends to the satisfaction of all involved. It is our sincere hope that the conversations that are beginning now will result in positive changes for everyone. Please visit somanyofus.com. The reason why I am starting this conversation this way 
is because I have not seen a single person point that out. Everyone is saying image is, is lying that the, they're only saying this because the announcement um, went over like a lead balloon that, you know, obviously if it was announced, they knew about it and they were supportive of it. And I just don't think that's true. Um, especially if you read the way that Ben said it, he said, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn by saying it will be published by image. Right. Yeah. That was the thing I was going to key into was that his language sounded noncommittal, right? right? Like it sounded like, oh, I mean, it's not, we haven't signed any papers or anything, but I assume that image is ex- as excited to finish it as we are. That's kind of the tenor that that comes off to me anyway. Right. Right. Um, he says that they didn't, he has, he's like just starting pages as well. So yeah. So the idea that there's already like a deal that's pen and, and, you know, penned and dried with image is like not realistic anyway. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, potentially, I guess that's fair. It, it could be very early days, Yeah, you know, and it could be that there is that caveat, um, that Warren has to make amends. But it seems as though Ben Temple Smith really did jump the gun. That's the vibe that I get. And so I wanted to come to the defensive image just on that. Because of the I, doubt. Yeah. yeah. As far as we know and the way this all unfolded, I feel like that's unfair to just blast image in that way because they did not make this announcement. If they made the announcement themselves, totally. All, all with everyone on that. But in this case, I'm not. I think you're probably right. I also think that, you know, and like I'll say this because I've stepped in shit with this before, right? Like just because I think the right move is to give them the benefit of the doubt right now does not also mean that they aren't at fault and that they weren't going to do this and, you know, whatever. Like that that could also be true. And it's, you know, it's worth pointing that out as well, I think. Um but they don't deserve to be critiqued yes. or shit on for something that they didn't do. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think that that's totally right. Like, like you know, we saw talk of like, Yo, I'm going to boycott Image. I'm not picking up any of their books anymore, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we don't even know that they're working together right now, right? Like, let's, you know, we don't have to pull out the pitchforks just quite yet, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think that's definitely fair to say. Kill, you wanted to jump in on that? Well, yeah, I think I think I think the language is a little unclear uh, because to me it read, uh, and I had a, a short conversation about this on the Discord last night. It read, it read like they were sort of passing the buck off to like an intern or something who just saw a due date and put the thing out. You know, it it, it would have been better if it were clearer that this was an image, you know, if they said, you know, this announcement, but we didn't have anything to do with this. Ben Temple Smith announced this on his Patreon. They said nothing to do with us. Sorry. Yeah. And not even sorry. Like, I don't know. At this point, it doesn't even seem like they have anything to be sorry about, but it, it just seems like they're trying like that their statement felt like they were trying to get out of something like they're like hedging yeah like they're hedging in some way yeah yeah but but they're getting out of something that they didn't do i i think that's i think maybe to kale's point or i I, maybe i'm I'm speaking out of turn but what i think you're saying kale is that it feels like they're responding that way which makes you think like maybe 
they were they having that conversation. Yeah. 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 But um, like if if they'd said Ben Temple Smith announced this on his Patreon, this isn't official. We haven't done anything with this. We haven't even had the conversation. This wasn't us. And and then you think that maybe that means that they have had that conversation and that maybe they do want to publish it, but that they won't give well, in the context. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feel it feels like there's, I, it, they, it's very easy with their statement to take it very cynically. Sure. Because they didn't put any, you know, definite points in it. You it feels I mean? like they left the door open, right? Like they're like, oh, yeah. well, if he makes amends, then we'd be willing to, to have that conversation. Okay. I need to provide some clarity. Image absolutely intends on publishing the book. They in they absolutely were talking about it. There's no doubt about that. That's a fact. What's in question is whether or not they were going to release the book, announce the book without Warren Ellis having done the right things removed from what Ben Templesmith did. Because on sure. Wednesday, Image released a statement that said, uh, yeah, we do have plans to release this book. Okay. Then Friday, they said that um, the announcement was not, that wasn't, it wasn't vetted. It wasn't this, that, and the other thing. And all of this started from Ben Templesmith. Okay. Sorry, the announcement. When you say the announcement, do you mean the announcement they made Wednesday? The announcement that the Ben announcement made. That Ben made. So, so it's this is the announcement. Image told uh, IO9 on Wednesday this: what I'm about to say. Warren Ellis and Ben Temple Smith's Image Comics series fell will indeed return for its long-awaited final story arc in graphic novel format. We will have more details to share about this very soon. So that image said that after uh, Ben Temple Smith announced, announced it, it. Okay. on his pages. And image is saying that that right there was not a planned announcement, that it was premature and um, that they're not actually going forward with it to the point of publishing until he has made the amends. I think that- to Kale's to point, then, like that should have been a little clearer in the statement um, that it should have been okay per Ben Templesmith's announcement that was premature, right. whether or not they want, they have plans to uh, release it. That's something that they would look forward to, yeah. but the, I, like the announcement of it is early. I feel like that does open them up for that criticism then though. And kind of fairly, right? Cause like, I think the point being made is that, like Warren Ellis hasn't made amends and the idea that it's like, well, like we're going to start like laying the groundwork for him to come back once he's checked whatever boxes we feel like he needs to check to be acceptably welcomed back. You know, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I think to a point that Kale made earlier, I understand why people are looking at that cynically with that context, because like it's not to say that they have done something wrong, but they're essentially being like, well, it it's fine once once it passes the the collective smell test. If we can release yeah. this without heat, yeah. we'll release it. But right now, there's heat, so we're waiting for the heat to go away. Is kind of what's what that, that. What's that? What's wrong with that? I mean, I I feel like it doesn't it doesn't speak to the the problem, 
you know, right? Like, it's like, oh, okay, there's nothing wrong uh, with doing that as long as... I, I feel like the fact that you're planning for that eventuality feels a thing, like, that I understand why people are cynical about. Because I think it's different if Warren Ellis has, uh, you know, been accused of this, responds to it, and then go and is is showing a, a pattern of behavior that uh, is different and expresses remorse for his actions and the way that he's treated people. Um, and then, you know, there's kind of like, a, okay, like, th- this is showing uh, shades of being a, a different person, right? And, you know, we feel like at this point, um, you know, it, it, we, we're, we're, we want to work with him again, right? reads to me differently than well you know he he posted a public statement in june of last year and then can you know continued to um to engage in the same kind of behavior that he just said he wasn't going to do anymore and was bad and whatever um as recently as a month later right like that to me shows that like he doesn't feel like he did anything wrong or he doesn't feel like he has anything to really make amends for. It's that he was called out and now he wants to, you know, kind of go away and quietly wait for everything to blow over and then come back, you know? Um, and I, I think that, like, I, I don't think that that is something that um, that should just be kind of hand-waved away because I think that that's, like, how we end up in this position again and again and again in this industry, right? Is that like you have people who, who exhibit predatory behavior, um, whether that's, you know, uh, physical or emotional, um, in, in it's like execution. Um, and it's just kind of allowed to fester, you know? And it's like, they get called out, they say, sorry, they go away for a while. They come back, they have find new success. They do the same shit again, you know? Um, and I just, I don't want to see that continue to be perpetuated, you know, like, I think if, if, like, all that he took away from, you know, the, the conversation around what he did last year was that he needed to lay low for a year and send a couple of, like, you know, um, kind of, PR friendly apologies to people and make a public statement and then, you know, just get back to work as usual. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't blame people for, for feeling some kind of way about that. Cause I think it speaks to the fact that, um, that image just doesn't care that, that well, it can happened. we get through the rest of the story? Sure. All right. So, uh, then, if you guys will recall, there was a pledge, a comics pledge. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. And I remember that Scott Snyder uh, specifically was one of the people who took the comics pledge and got blasted for taking it, um, got blasted for his silence. He was getting blasted every single way around um, and then got blasted again now when this news dropped and he didn't immediately say something. Um, He has since commented on it. Uh, James Tinian also uh, commented on it. Um, And they were critical of image 
for deciding to put this book out without the requisite amends being made on the part of Warren Ellis. Um, and they weren't the only creators to do that. A lot of creators stepped up and um, were, were, were very, very critical of Image for this and of, of Warren for thinking that he could just step back into the fold and of Ben Templesmith for, uh, as Pete said, um, for hand-waving. Um, I will definitely say that Ben Templesmith's uh, initial comments come across as very dismissive of the entire situation. Yeah. Um, so that took place. Um, and then we even got uh, comments from the collective group, uh, so many of us, who um, who had some things to say that they, they essentially just said that they never they never received any type of interaction with with Ellis. Um, so on June twenty third, which was the day that Image. Uh, made the announcement. They said, when we published so many of us.com on July 13, 2020, we expressly did not want to cancel author Warren Ellis. Rather, we shared constructive ways to address the all too common issue of powerful men's abusive behavior. We challenged people to rethink past actions and to consider how and why they may have facilitated harmful behaviors and environments. We called for openness, accountability, and growth, extending an offer of working with Ellis on some form of transformative justice. Since his public statement a year ago, to the knowledge of these authors, Ellis has still not taken direct responsibility for his destructive behavior, nor attempted to tackle the circumstances that allow such behavior to go on unchecked both on and offline. During the past year, we were comforted by an outpouring of encouragement while also heartbroken to be contacted by more targets of Ellis and of other men using similar patterns of abuse power. Today, as Ellis returns to comics without making amends to anyone involved in so many of us.coms or or accepting ramification for his actions, the renewal of ardent public support alongside calls for accountability is reassuring. We reaffirm our call for Warren Ellis to earn the opportunity to become the man so many people believed him to be. After that, he put out a statement. It's long. Um, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um I will read bits and pieces of it here. The gist of it is that he has been in therapy for the past almost year that he has spoken to people who are in his life or were in his life and had a lot of hard conversations. Um, he says that he's been doing the work, doesn't want to cause anybody any harm. He's been silent uh, in order to just listen and take things in. He apologizes for the fact that he hasn't addressed things sooner. Um, he says, uh, I have had nearly a year to reflect on everything I've learned about how my behavior has hurt others, and I am sorry. Repeating that over and over doesn't make anything better for anybody, but now I've had my time to listen and process and advance my understanding. There are a few further things I need to say. I acknowledge that I have done wrong. Neither my intent at the time nor my perception of it then erases that fact. Nor does it at all obscure that the result of that behavior has clearly affected individuals for years and may even have inspired others to perform negative behavior. If you are a reader who supported me, then thank you, but please don't defend me anymore. 
Change doesn't happen overnight. I'm at the start of a long road, and it's not a road with a defined end, and it doesn't happen in a vacuum. If you want to support me, then support efforts toward transformation of communities, industries, and workplaces. Um, he goes on to talk about how he will not be making any more public appearances for quite some time. He's been in therapy, as I mentioned. Um, he will continue to work on new projects with the creators who are willing to do that with him. Um, and that he's grateful for the creators who are still willing to work with him. He talks about his charitable donations to women's groups. Um, he says, most recently, my last royalty check was split between funding therapy for young women and supporting women in the workplace. Um, and um, he's sorry. That's the general gist of what he said. Yeah. If you want to read the full statement, um, then uh, you can go to, I don't even know where it is. Oh, his newsletter. It's in his newsletter. Uh, after that, so many of us.com was updated to uh, reflect that they received an email from Warren Ellis that said, I was made aware today of the offer of a mediated dialogue. I'm available at the above noted email address blank to begin a conversation at your convenience. Please let me know how this will work. So that's it. That's everything that has happened to this point. That's the story. How do you guys feel about it? I'm, I've been ruminating on this for a, a little while because I feel like when this first came out, um, I was a bit more on the uh, on the supportive side for for Alice, um, especially I think in light of some of the other um, news that had come out recently that more directly insinuated sexual assault for other creators. Um, so I think in 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 the weeks following that, I gave them a bit more rope considering they weren't to that degree. Um, and of course, uh, I think as the story was developing, it ended up being uh, within the realm of allegations. Um, I took the time to visit so many of us um, and I, I would implore anybody to to read through because I think it, it does paint a slightly different picture of Ellis as a creator. Um, I... I took a span of a few uh, years to sort of look at his most recent, his earliest, some in between. And um, I think it's been particularly hard because he, he is a creator. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy Transmetro's great. Um, uh, he's had other books in the past that um, have affected me. And, and, you know, it's not something that you can uh, just pull away, but it does contort the feeling a bit. And um, I think that at the very least, because he's his, his statement reads um, a bit more sincere than his original statement. Um, you can you know go find that original piece somewhere where I, I, I don't think he explicitly apologizes. He sort of works his way around um, some of that, but here it does sound like he's uh, a bit more reflective. Um, I thought it interesting considering some of these relationships continued through to 2020. Um, I don't know to what extent they were in the year, considering that uh, he wasn't, you know, lambasted till like the summer. So, uh, to whatever, take that with whatever green assault you want. Um, and uh, it's been it's been shitty, and I think I'm I'm in an awkward position where at least for me, where I, 
saw that he was going to come back with Fell. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, I'll, I'll pick it up because I know that he's a creator that, that I enjoy. And um, going through the list of uh, the testimonials, um, and in, in particular, um, I had gone through, if, if, if you do want to go through this, um, I'd start with, in, with Meredith, uh, Aaron Fox, uh, J and M. Um, I think those are pretty compelling in terms of getting a bit more of an understanding as to who he is as uh, a person, at least within the, the confines of how he interacted with these women. And um, he doesn't come off, uh, he comes off really poorly um, in, in being able to enable a lot of the activity that happened within WEF, which is the Warren Ellis forum that he had in the early aughts uh, that ended up closing down. And people come out with a lot of mixed feelings after interacting with him. And um, I think I'm in a similar situation where I, I come off with a few mixed feelings where I think that the his actions are reprehensible and um, at least within the testimonials, pretty gross. Um, and at the same time, he, he is a creator who affected me. And I know we've had this discussion in the past and I can... Uh, swallow that sometimes um to whatever varying degree of you know morality that uh there is there but um i think it's still a creator that i'll go back to for the stories but uh it's not a person i think i'd shake a hand with um and that's sort of where i've been sitting uh it's been it's been hard to, to like process all of it and to still come out with the conclusion that, well, shit, I know he entertains me. Um, and I'm, I'm just like living in that weird medium of, I don't support, I don't support his actions. I don't support him as a person. Um, but I, I can separate his art to whatever degree that his person informs his art. Um, I can, I can live with that. And it might not be a, and I guess I, it might not be like the best answer coming out of this, but it's the answer that I've kind of come out after reading the testimonies after uh, even before seeing his apology. Um, that's sort of where I sit is it's a piece of shit, but I, if, if, if he does come out with something that's interesting and interests me, I might go pick it up. So I think, um, you know, we've talked a lot about the whole like, death of the author thing right and like separating the work from the the person and um i know i i definitely don't have have as easy a time of that but i think that that um is almost irrelevant in my mind in the context of of i guess this specific news right and the idea of him returning to the industry and image being the the publisher that's going to put that out right because i think I don't begrudge um, you, Marco, the reader, for saying I can separate, you know, um, I can separate what he's done from the work and, and I, I appreciate the work for what it is, right? I think when you bring in the, the angle of, you know, of, of what's going on with image in this story, right? 
um, I think Image has more of a responsibility in this conversation because I think that at the end of the day, you know, Warren Ellis was able to to do what he did because he was somebody in a position of of being a a, a writer who had a career and who people admired um and and wanted to be close to and wanted to learn from or know or or be friends with because they admired uh the work and you know when you have someone like an image or or whoever a marvel a dc or whatever that that work with him now um they are they are supporting the person right and and you can't argue that they're not because they're they're paying him you know they're giving him a platform they're saying that of the x number of books that we're going to publish this year yours is one of them um and that is a that is a privilege you know that's not a right um that he gets as a creator right i i think um it is totally fair if he wants to continue to put out work and if there are collaborators who feel like they know him personally enough they feel like he's doing the right thing or they don't care or whatever, right? Like that's their prerogative. And if this was just a book that they were kickstarting and putting out, um, it would be a different conversation. Um, because I think that's where it's problematic, right? Like, because like you're not, you you are kind of hand-waving things away. You're saying like, yeah, he did this thing, but I mean, he said sorry, right? Like he made his apology. Um, but I mean, if you read from the people from so many of us, like, you know, they straight up say like they're in their FAQ has Warren Ellis apologized. And they say he reached out to about five people of the list here of, of you know, of, of even just the 60 that had, you know, um, statements, right? And many of which are anonymous. So you can potentially you know, give him the benefit of the doubt there, right? How do you apologize to someone who is anonymous? Fair enough. But to give those people apologies that they felt were not satisfactory, um, you know, to me, like, it, it speaks to, to what I, I laid out earlier, right? That, like, this is not really somebody who um, has made that amends yet. And I, I won't necessarily try to speak to what's in his heart either. I'm not going to say that he's uh, an evil, malicious person and he has absolutely no intention of ever trying to do right, um, and that there's absolutely no coming back from this either, um, because I I, des- I don't necessarily feel that way. Um, I think that if if a year later um, the the message on so many of us dot com was that you know we're we're impressed by the fact that uh, Warren Ellis has has been big enough to acknowledge what he's done wrong and own it and make amends and these are the ways in which he has you know uh, done so. Um, then I think it, I would feel differently, right? But like when you read their the website, when you read what they're asking for, and and what they're looking to achieve, none of it is unreasonable, right? Like they're they're looking for an an apology, an admission of uh, a validation of what they experienced, and uh, a commitment from Warren Ellis that he doesn't want to be that person and that he will not be that person moving forward. And to me that's pretty generous and i don't and i don't feel like we've seen the bare minimum uh for me at least to say that like that that he has earned that um that that uh i i don't know 
that he's earned that, that he's earned the amends, that he's earned us to be like, you did the work, good for you. And maybe he's in the middle of doing that work right now. And uh, as per his statement, maybe that's the case. And if we want to give him that, you know, that, that rope, then fine. But I think right now he hasn't achieved that amends in my eyes and, and not in the eyes of those who have accused him of what he's done. Right. Um, and I think until that point, any, any company of images, stature, or even smaller, right. Uh, agreeing to work with him or talking about working with him or wanting to work with him. Um, you know, there is going to be criticism that comes along with that. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's unwarranted. Um, that said, there is also, I guess, a difference between having a conversation and actually publishing the book, right? Um, so, you know, it's it's not a, a black and white, cut and dry position uh, in my mind, but it is it is something that I think, like, I understand why people are are having a cynical reaction to it because companies do this kind of shit all the time. You know, um, I really like Image. I, I love a lot of their work. Um, that doesn't mean that they're above reproach. Um, but it also doesn't mean that they're necessarily like completely villainous in this scenario either. You know, I don't think it's that simple. Um, but I do think that I do feel confident saying that I do feel like uh, Warren Ellis isn't or hasn't taken this uh, as seriously as he should up to this point. And I, I do think to Marco's point, his more recent statement does seem to be um, coming from a place that's more emotional and a little bit less sanitized. So maybe that speaks to, um, you know, the work he's been doing in therapy or something like that. But, you know, um, even if I'm going to extend him that benefit of the doubt, it, it's not, I don't feel like the time to be like, pat him on the back and be like, good job, buddy, you did it. Like, welcome back into the fold. I don't, I don't think we're anywhere near that right now. Go ahead, Gil. I, I mean, I, I guess I don't have that much to say. I, you know, I, I agree with both. Well, I think I agree more with Pete, you know, in general, but like, you know, dude did some bad stuff. And like, like Pete said, at least publicly, he didn't take it very seriously. And, you know, if, if it's, if it's true, you know that he he went to therapy and he you know he did all that what what the the so many of us crew website asked for isn't unreasonable if he cared about that he would have answered that he's doing it a year later good but early than ever i i mean he, yeah he's his reputation is certainly tarnished so it doesn't come across as a surprise to me that a person who was doing what he was doing uh, wouldn't have, wasn't in a place at the time to recognize that it was wrong, hmm. that there were people that got hurt, that he should apologize to them, to the public, whatever. It's not a surprise to me. It's not a surprise to me that he would continue to do it a month later. Um, because he was still that person, right? Sure. So the idea that, and and like if you really analyze his first apology, 
it's clear to me that the same tactics that he used on the women, he was using on the people, you know, like on us. Um, and trying to engender um, feelings of sympathy by making himself seem smaller or foolish or silly or mistaken or whatever. Um, I never thought I was a celebrity that had power. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I personally can see, I can see how that could be true, but I can't see it in his place. I could see how that could happen. I could see it in like, if you had, if you said like, it was like a few people, um, but a hundred people is a lot of people. Um, yeah. Right. Like <laughs> that shows a pattern of behavior. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, yeah. uh, to that his his whole forum, bro, that shit was wild. Like, if you if you read through some of the actual yeah. like statements, like these people, there's one, and uh, I'm forgetting who it was, where like they supported each other in somebody getting up uh, from a bar, going to go smash a girl, like, and then come back just in time to meet with his girlfriend, and they were like the king of the castle because he was able to. Uh, be unfaithful in that moment too. There was just like this like cult reaction around him. I read that one and I want to clarify that it wasn't Warren that did that. Right, right. Somebody and else. member of the community. He right, wasn't right. there when that happened. He didn't, that wasn't encouraged by him. That was encouraged by them. Right. Um. But you're right that that, that forum was wild. Uh, and it seems like a lot of crazy stuff went on there. Yeah. And and um, I mean, to, to your point, right, while he wasn't involved in it directly, right, like, I, granted, we have a very small discord, I'm sure, compared to his forum, but like, if you own it, you're, you're in charge of moderating it and controlling the culture that you're, you're creating. I mean, but you can't control people going to a bar and meeting up independent of you. And then that happens. No, no, no. That's but sure. like, you could moderate that post on your forum. That's something what that you post? could do. I'm sorry. What post? Wasn't that the thing, right? Was that they posted about it on the forum and everybody was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, look, you, you did no, it. They physically were at a bar and yeah, they, that's they all what met up. happened. I, they met up and that's what happened. I do think that there was a conversation about it afterwards on the forum, on the forum if I remember it correctly. But um, I, I think that the, the point, your, your point salient in that any sort of action that would have been uh, deemed like bad to whatever degree on on the forum could have been like he had the status in that uh in that group to be able to say no yes like this is what we should be propagating bad to who he he clear clear like clearly he doesn't feel that that's bad right and that's like okay fine right but that doesn't that that doesn't like he doesn't have to do that. Like he doesn't have to think that's bad. He doesn't have to, you know, moralize his his uh, fans who met up and did this thing. And I'm not so, him. So, exactly yeah. independently of him. That's yeah. not his responsibility. Now it might make you think he's a better person if he does it, but he doesn't have to. And I don't think that that inherently makes him a bad person. I think that's fair to say. Um, I, I think in the context of it being the early 2000s and the inter the culture of the internet being different than two, um, that is something that's probably worth considering, right? Like if he's moderating a whole forum by himself or whatever, that's a lot of work, right? Like so, 
there's also, there's context. wasn't moderating it moderating right. it by himself in sure. the early 2000s yeah. warren ellis was a very very successful and popular writer who probably didn't have i mean clearly the guy had a lot of time right but he probably he probably wasn't like actively moderating this forum yeah yeah which is that's fair to say um anyway we kind of got sidetracked there you were talking about the pattern of behavior and how it would have been different if this was one or two people versus hundreds yeah the fact that it was bordering on a hundred people is pretty nuts and it shows that there's just no like i struggle to believe that at that point you don't know what you're doing yeah you're playing people that that's very very difficult to believe and if that's what you were doing own that like i would have appreciated his initial statement a lot more if he said look i really just love having sexual interactions with women this is what I did. This is what I've done. This is who I am. I see now that I hurt people by doing it. And I'm sorry that people got hurt. I'm going to vanish for a while to go figure out myself. Um, that's reasonable to me. But his initial statement just didn't have that energy. And it very much felt like he was trying to play the people. And that didn't work. Yep. Uh, what I also don't like is the fact that He's only now reaching out to so many of us um, to have this conversation. I can easily believe that, like I said, at the time, he didn't recognize that he was wrong. And it took therapy and conversations and dealing with his issues to see that. And that's very fine. And and that's cool. Um, That's what you're supposed to do. What I don't get is why in the intervening time, you never said, well, gee, I've done all this work. I'm this person now. Um, I should make amends. That I don't get. Right. That's the thing is, and th- and that makes me doubt his intention, right? That like, if you did go to therapy and do that work and come to the conclusion that what you had did was wrong and that you hurt people and that you, you know, even if you intended to hurt people at the time, but you feel bad about it now and you want to, you know, be a better person, like that you would, that would be part of that process would be apologizing to the people that you hurt. Right. Um, and yeah, to, to the fact that the first time that he's made contact with this organization that represents the collective of people that have been hurt by him is timed around him trying to come back to the industry with his first big release. Yeah. How do you not look at that cynically? Right? Like, because it speaks to the fact that like his primary goal is not that self-reflection and growth. His primary goal is getting back to his job. Right. And if you are a person who says, well, I'm not willing to take him at face value on that. And I'm, he's, he's dead to me or whatever. I think that that's cool. Like if that's how you feel, um, we can't know. We'll never know whether or not he's being sincere or not. He's going to reach out to the people at so many of us. And if he's really good at what he does, which I I think he is in terms of um, manipulating people's minds, um, then they could experience manipulation again. Mm-hmm. And they could be coerced, not coerced, but like um, they could be mistaken and led to believe that he really has 
you know, healed himself and is a better person, and then he's not. And maybe he'll never do this again. I can't imagine a scenario where he would do it again either way, whether he's sincere and genuine or not, just because now the spotlight is on you, right? Like if anyone were to ever make a claim, you would be, it would be a fact in the, in the minds of the public. And on top of that, no one would give you any type of rope. And on top of that, people would probably be less afraid to come forward than they were before, because now people are likely to believe you. If you say that Warren Ellis did this to you, people also probably will like have their guard up around him yeah you know rather than like trusting him initially and then you know you're already in the web by the time you realize that he's you know sinister (laughs) so i think the conversation is at this point i think the conversation is more about okay what does it take to allow this person back into the industry i feel that so many of us and that, that that collective have actually been very gracious. Um, and I've never really seen this before where they're saying, listen, it's not even our intention to like ruin his life. It's more like, let's just, um, let's get some healing done. Let's learn. Let's learn from this and like make it not happen again. And that's really cool. And so I, in my opinion, Everyone should take their cues from them. If And if you personally can't get on the Warren Ellis train, I think that's fine. But I don't think that we can have a world where there's no room to come back from a bad action. Several bad actions, especially on this scale. Now, if, if sexual assault were in the equation, you know, like that other guy, um, Escavez, I think his name was, mm-hmm. um, that's... I mean, that guy was literally like, that was bad. Like, you're that burned. guy has to be gone forever. Yeah, you're burned. I feel like there is a path to redemption for Warren Ellis, um, at least to be able to continue working and have that not be like a scarlet letter on the publisher that publishes him and whatever. And for me, for me, the the line is, it's the satisfaction of, of those you've affected. Right. Like if if so many of us as an organization says, hey, like we feel that in good faith he's made an effort and has grown and changed or whatever. At that point, I would be like, fine. Good. That's what we needed. I think I brought this up when the initial story broke, but it reminds me of Dan Harmon. Um, Dan Harmon. And if if you didn't listen to that initial episode, I'll very quickly summarize, right? Dan Harmon is the creator of community uh, as well as co-creator of Rick and Morty. Uh, during his run on community, he was the showrunner and one of the primary writers. And he, you know, years later was during like, you know, kind of the earlier days of the me too movement. There was one of the writers on the staff had come forward and, and talked about how he had basically fallen in love with her and created a hostile work environment um, as a result. And when he was called out about that, he did a hour and a half episode of his podcast, Harmontown, where he talked about the entire thing. He detailed the entire thing from his perspective. And the entire thing was him owning what he had done, acknowledging that it wasn't good and it was bad and that he had hurt somebody and, you know, um, caused damage to them both personally and professionally. Um, and that it was, it was wrong and that he shouldn't have done it and that he feels bad and that it's his, aim to never do that again right and like she replied and said that i think everybody 
who's accused of something like this should take notes from how he responded because he didn't try to defend himself. He just owned it and said sorry. And he's still working, right? Because I think that showed that, you know, in the five, six, however many years it had been since this incident, um, that he had done some level of personal growth, right? Um, And that it seemed sincere. And that was enough for people. It was enough for the person that he had created this hostile environment for. Um, and I think to your point, Sean, I think that that is the only path back for Warren Ellis in my mind is that you make amends and you might not ever be able to undo the damage that you did, but you can genuinely say sorry and try to like, you know, you, like you said, Sean, like, let's let's have some healing happen, right? Like, let's make a genuine effort where the priority in your life is to make amends, not heal your career, because that's what this feels like to me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's probably not something we're going to really uh, hear back on for some time. I think it seems like they're going to have a conversation and, you know, that may be a while for there to be, um, you know, a word from them on this issue. Um, I think it's good that the industry is responding so viscerally. Um, I wish there was more space for complexity and I feel like that's lost in these conversations and I'm not interested in getting into that right now. Um, but I will say that in a comics industry, any industry that's, uh, safer for everybody involved in it to not have to worry about these kinds of things happening is a better place overall. And I don't think that there's any way to argue against that. Like if you look, you know, you can, you can be with as many people as you feel like being with at the end of the day, it's your body, your life. Um, But if people are telling you that they don't feel good about their, their, you know, interactions with you on a sexual level or, you know, whatever like that, um, that's something you have to take stock of. And the fact that we have an industry now that isn't pushing that under the rug uh, is great. Yeah. And I I think the only thing I'd add to that is, at least in my opinion, um, nobody's talent or contributions to the industry are are worth that trade-off. Um, I, I feel like, yeah, the more we can create an industry where we're not um, allowing people who are going to use a position of power to hurt other people, um, the better off we are. Absolutely. Um, any final words other than that? Nope. All right. That's that's going to do it for that conversation. Please do write in if you have other opinions or you want to add your words to the chorus. This was a conversation that did uh, occur in our Discord as well. Um, so there are thoughts among the audience about this this issue. It is it is kind of the biggest thing happening right now, unfortunately, in comics. And I'm always bummed out whenever something like this occurs just because I want the conversation about comics to be always be positive. And um, it feels like and this is this is not at all in any way, shape or form to say that this shouldn't be talked about. But it feels like on social media, we never really get to that point. It's always like we're always dealing with something negative, whether it be this, which is like objectively bad or something like piracy, which is more complicated, but still rooted in a negative talk. 
uh, that we never just get to just say like, I love these books. Let's talk about it. And that becomes the conversation on social about comics for the week. That never happens. And that sucks. Um, but it is what it is. We can't control that. And I'm really grateful that we have an industry that's not allowing women or any kind of person to be abused anymore. Or at least we're more willing to speak up about it because that's what we have to do to protect each other because we all are all here for the same thing at the end of the day, right? And yeah. if you're not here for this, if you're not here for comics, I don't even care why you're here and you shouldn't be here. Um, that's the one thing you need to be in in the industry for is a love of comics, not to like – I guess you can meet women or meet men or whatever through it, but if you're just in it to be predatory, like please get out um at the end of the day and yeah. sorry just for any anyone who's in, interested in the initial conversation that we had um episode 191 we go through you know the initial allegations um i know right that feels so long ago yeah uh june 22nd of 2020 so um yeah if anyone's interested just to hear you know the original thoughts what originally happened a little closer to that time um i think that'd be good context hmm that's very interesting because almost a year to the day is when the announcement was made. Pretty convenient. Yep. No good. Uh, if you want to share your thoughts with us on this or any other topic we talked about on the show, or just anything you're thinking about, write to us at the comics pals at gmail.com. While you're thinking about us, leave us a follow a rating or a review wherever you listen to your podcast that happens to be YouTube, make sure that you subscribe for free, like the video, share it with your friends, drop us a comment in the comment section below. We read every single one. And if we don't reply to you in the comment section, you are guaranteed to get a response on this very podcast. Listen to our book clubs. Reminder, the Multiversity Book Club will be dropping on Tuesday. Check that out. Um, we really had a lot of fun with it, and we think you will too. Listen to our image reviews every single Wednesday. They drop day and date. Thanks to Image hooking us up with advanced copies. And our Marvel, DC, Boom, etc. reviews drop every Sunday. So come hang out with us for those. Um, we really appreciate you listening. And we're always going to be willing to have tough conversations on this podcast. It just so happens. Today we agreed on it, but we don't always. We still have the conversation. And we hope that you appreciate that we're willing to do that. Let's get into the plugs, Pete. Thank you guys for joining us here in another episode of the Comics Pals. I appreciate that we can have these tough conversations. And I think, um, yeah, I hope that uh, even if you maybe were initially, you know, um, didn't agree with us on this issue, that you're at least willing to uh, listen to what we have to say and have the dialogue, because that's what we're all about here. Uh, if you want to come have a dialogue with me, you can follow me at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to get some more content from me, you can uh, check out the podcast, the video game podcast I host, which drops on Mondays, or you can go follow my band, Long Friend, Time Friend. Uh, we put out our first album earlier this year. It is called If Me Dies, Me Dies. Uh, we are heading uh, back into the studio in just about a month now to record some uh exclusive vinyl so if you want to get some vinyl and support uh, my dream of having some vinyl of my music uh you can go do that and i'd greatly appreciate it awesome kill you can find me on twitter and instagram at toto in tow that's t-o-t-o-i-n-t-o-w you can find my work at killward.com that's c-a-l-e-w-a-r-d.com i can only apologize for my appearance this week i hope you know i'm doing the best i can um, I hope by next week, at least 
I'll have a shape to my face. All we can do is let time heal. You can find Phil at Cyborg Bebop. That's C-Y-B-O-R-G-B-E-B-O-P. All right, Marco. You can follow me at Mr. Marco Nomoto on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, come talk to me about... What am I reading? I'm catching up on like three weeks of comics. I've made it to like, I think last week. Um, I'm almost there. Come cheer me on. Cause I need the, I need the support of catching up on like 15, 20 books. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sean soapbox. If Marco knew, or if anyone knew the number of books that I am behind on, I think it would leave you all agape and aghast. So I'm not going to share that. Instead, I'm going to say that I took a trip to Midtown Comics this week to pick up my books, and I was so encouraged and happy to see that the place was packed to the brim. People are back in the stores for comics, and it feels great. And I'm thankful for this industry and the creators and the books and the publishers and you, the listener. Thank you so much. We are the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. See you, See you next week. week. <laughs>